Hey, hey y'all. y'all. And welcome to the Sorry Not Sorry Generation podcast, where we bring you a not-so-healthy dose of humor and reality as we get our hands dirty with some serious nostalgia and question everything. Let's dive in. Hey, y'all. Hey, y'all. It's Misty. It's Ani. And today we are doing fictional red flags, both in personality and just in tropes that you should probably just avoid. And by that, we do mean like fictional versus reality. Like there are fictional tropes that are great, but in reality, you would run and call the police. For sure. Like, for example, to start off, one of both of our mutual favorite tropes is the enemies to lovers trope. If someone is that fucking mean to me in real life, Mm -hmm. there's no way I'm going to fall in love with them. Yeah. I just fucking look at them and be like, you're an ass. Goodbye. (laughs) I'm never going to fall in love with somebody who I actively (laughs) physically hated. Like, but however, it's like dark and mysterious and brooding in a book. In reality, it's just like, fuck you. Fuck your mom. In reality, it's you need therapy. Yeah. Go get some therapy and fix yourself. And whether that applies to the person or to us who enjoy the enemies to lover trope, you'll never know. <laughs> yeah, no. No worries. Did you ever watch How I Met Your Mother? Yeah. So one wrote, if anyone believes that Lily from How I Met Your Mother is anything but insane, they are probably insane themselves. I mean, that's valid. <laughs> that's pretty valid. Especially, like, I was cool with Lily until she left Marshall. And then came back and expected just to get back together with him without any. I forgot issues. about that. Yeah, because people tried to. Her? Because she wanted like things. Oh, she got her life. dream job, right? Yeah, and like yeah. she got she wanted things out of life and stuff like that. But like, then she comes back and just expects everybody to be okay with the fact that she left Marshall, moved like to a different city, didn't really <laughs> tell anybody, and like got really pissed off at Ted for calling her a bitch. And then got a bunch of other people involved. And I'm like, no, you were a bitch. You fucking broke this man's heart. Who was Marshall this before is- after his dad died? Oh, this is before. Okay. This is before his dad died. I believe they were married uh, before okay. his dad died. So, But okay. uh, but yeah, no. And it's just like, yeah, no, it's because you were a bitch, honey. Like, <laughs> and Ted is a piece of crap. Like, Ted is a genuine Ted is shit. useless. Ted is is, utterly useless. Ted is an extremely useless human being. And like, God, we could just break down the entire relationships of how I met your mother. Like how I met your mother. Lily is too flighty for my tastes. Like she's, Uh she's flighty and she's a bit fickle. Um, But she also tries to kind of like hold a bunch of people's relationships up to her own. Like what she wants out of life. Like she thinks other people should kind of want out of life. And, uh, and like when she left Marshall, that was one of the that was a really a destructive part of her character. In all honesty, it was, I mean, she's like, I, know I want. Cause she got her dream job, right? And she's mm-hmm. just like, I'm leaving because Marshall's like, well, I have all my shit here. She's yeah. Like, now rem- remind me, did she take? Did they have the kids by this point? No, no, okay. they didn't have kids until after they got married. Okay. So no, it was just her. She just up and left one day. And, like, I get maybe part of it was to grow Lily's character and to define her outside of her relationship with Marshall because she'd been in the relationship with Marshall, like, from episode one. But it was one time in Bang Camp. Yeah. Since that, that's how fucking long. 
Yeah. And it's just so like, <laughs> it, it was really, it was a, a very poor way to try and develop Lily's character as a whole, rather than just like involving maybe her family or like something like that. They just really destroyed her character with that one. Marshall, on the other hand, is a very sweet and kind person. I love Marshall. Would drive me nuts relationship-wise. As a friend, no. Like, that's perfectly fine. In a relationship, he would kind of drive me nuts. So, because it would... I can see that. It would get kind of old and just the... There's a... Like, it's a lot of jubilance in there, which is fine, but it's it feels like there would be an overall lack of genuine responsibility from him as a person that would drive me nuts. Despite the fact that he's, you know, like studying to be a lawyer and then becomes a lawyer, there's a little too much aloofness. I, yeah. I, I get what you're saying. There's a little too much just lack of seriousness. There has to be at least a baseline level of seriousness. I got you. You know, but, um, and then Ted is a, just a fucking useless person just from start to finish. Like I, the whole I relationship with Ted and Robin is a disaster. Oh my god, why? Like, okay, first why? Of all, why did the people push this to happen so bad when clearly it's not meant to be? Like, this is just not gonna fucking happen. Different people, but okay. First of all, Ted Mosby is a background character at best. <laughs> like at best, he's a background character. He can't get his shit together to save his life. He blames a lot of his problems on other people. He can't seem to manage to think of anything about his life with the exception of finding a wife and, like, finding the one. Like, you have to have a life outside of that. And all throughout the the series and his career, he doesn't actually, like, do real architect things until, like, the last two seasons. That's true. Isn't he also, like, like, an adjunct professor or something? Yeah, and, like, because he couldn't fucking make it as an architect... He went and became a professor. <laughs> so just like, okay. But then then he goes back and actually builds a building, but he doesn't build the build. Like, I understand that actually having a building built, like even in the show when he had that building of his built, he was like one of the youngest architects to have a building created like ever or whatever. But it would have been nice to see him work on like small projects or like, you know, like, oh, well, I'm working on building like this house thing. All they ever did is every once in a while allude to the fact that, oh, well, he designed a lobby like once a season maybe <laughs> like he might have done something and i think even that was only like two or three times you know so it, he just doesn't seem to go anywhere and he doesn't seem to take his job seriously at all and then he goes and becomes a professor which you know like the, okay did he qualified to be a professor did he honestly like to be a, a university professor you have to have a phd like, you can't be a university professor with a master's degree. You have to have a PhD. You can go teach at a community college with a master's degree, but you can't teach at a university level without a PhD. And nowhere in there does it ever mention that Mosby has a PhD. So I'm I don't... Gonna, I, it might be different for different universities, because I remember when I was in New Orleans, my one English professor, well, English teacher, was yeah. currently getting her master's degree. Maybe like her second master's degree. You can't teach at a university level without a master's you, degree. I'm pretty sure you can't get tenure or like full professor status, like or full time teacher. But you might be able to do part time or like, um, um, what's the term? You could be a for? teaching assistant. No, not teacher's assistant. Like an actual like you can have your own classes, but you can't like you won't be full time. You cannot get tenure. You, like you could probably go for like a part time teacher like position. 
Mm, I don't know. I've worked for two universities. And I know. You've worked I for some. I have some... not come across a single professor that has not had a PhD. Or, like, the equivalent of that in their field. Like, uh, there's a, um, a master's degree that's technically you can go one step above, like, a master's degree, but it's still titled master's. I think it's master's of fine arts is the, the highest MFA, you can get. yeah. Yeah, mm-hmm. like that's the highest you can get in yeah. that category. So, like, you can yeah. have that and not have a PhD, and like that's because that's what you can get. Um, but uh, I imagine you could you could do that. But a professor that doesn't have at least one higher level degree like that, I w- that would be very strange. Like maybe in a different field, you could have it. Like I have one. Like if I had one in history, but then I taught like something similar, like you know, his like archaeology or something like that, I could do that. Yeah. But I've never come across a professor that doesn't at least have, like, I've, like, in community colleges, like, my professors had master's degrees, but at a university level, I don't think I've ever come across one that doesn't have a PhD or an equivalent. So, That's fair. I don't, but uh, I truly don't believe Ted Mosby is qualified to be a professor in no, any way, not. shape, or form. He's not. He's useless. Now, Barney, walking red flag. Huge walking- red flag. Also, my favorite character. Talking, breathing red flag, and I fucking love him. How he doesn't have serious, like, transmitted diseases, I will never know. (laughs) Like, he should have at least five at this rate. Because, like, wasn't it he'd slept with, like, almost everyone in one? Where were they? No, like, there was an episode where they counted. He had counted how many. girls that he'd slept with right let's see i don't remember like i want to say it was a hundred girls but that seems way too small for barney uh let's see so about 282 women there you go it's about 300 women no he should have many sexual diseases many (laughs) many diseases okay Um, like i I love barney (laughs) So many red flags, obviously, besides the um, sex addict that he is. Yeah. Um, yeah. Because he's definitely that. Uh, now, I will give him credit that when he actually, like, it's a red flag that he slept with over 200 women and he'd only had, before Robin, one actual relationship. <laughs> like, that's kind of a huge red flag right there. Commitment um, issues to the max. Oh, so many commitment issues. Like, granted, he tries. He tried, like, really hard in his relationship with Robin. And, like, I'll give him credit for that. Um, And I think they were a much better couple than Robin and Ted. I think Robin and Ted I will agree. I really enjoyed couple. Robin and Barney together. I did, too. Like, they're just so much more similar people to me. Like, Robin doesn't, like, date a lot. But, like, on a different foundational level, they're very similar people yeah. to me. And I think it's just a better... I was really... I. I fucking hate the ending of that series. Like people hated it so much they had to record a second ending to that series. They they introduced the mother and like what the last season the last it's like yeah like the last couple of episodes and then they kill her off. And yeah, like what was the point? What was this like t- like eight series long show? If and you- we only met the mom the last couple of and she dies. Yeah, and like. Also, you and then at the very end, Robin and Ted end up back together. Like, are you kidding me? Also, uh, like I like Robin a lot, but why did you date Ted and then Barney in your friend group? 
Like, you shouldn't be dating all of the men in your friend group. Like, no, if Marshall hadn't stroke. had, like, a committed girlfriend... <laughs> She'd probably like, be dating Marshall, too. Which would have been the worst relationship they'd given her yet. <laughs> but, like, why? You didn't need to do that. Like, you re- really just didn't need to do that. Why did she have to keep getting put in a relationship with other people? Also, I really don't like the writers for the later seasons because, yeah. like... Robin found out she couldn't have kids, right? Mm-hmm. She'd adamantly stated she didn't want kids through, like, pretty much all the seasons. It was one of the big issues that her and Ted had. It was the issue that she, reason that she broke up with that psychiatrist dude at one point is because she didn't want kids at all, and he did. Okay, and then, like, she finds out that she's she can't have kids, and they make it, like, a world-ending thing for her, despite the fact that she adamantly stated she didn't want them i understand that finding out that you can't have kids can be very devastating to people but to someone who's a lot of her character was based around the idea that she didn't want one an entire season of a relationship that was ended because she didn't want kids and then you make it this thing that it shouldn't really have been to her yeah like i understand like having that choice taken away from you when someone tells you like you cannot physically bear children like, it is devastating. Like, even if I don't want kids, I, which I don't, I do not want kids. I don't know how I'd feel if someone told me, like, if a doctor told me that I can't bear them. I'd, yeah. I think I'd just be like, all right, I'll yeah. go adopt. Because pregnancy yeah. itself scares me so fine. I'll just go adopt the kid. I get rid of the whole process in one go. And there's also surrogacy, too. Like, that that's, too. A, that's a thing. But, like... I was, I mean, I've been told that it would be extremely hard for me to have children. And I'm like, okay, good. Yeah, thanks. <laughs> like, ooh. Like, okay. And, like, I cool remember the beans, doctor bro. looking at me. Like, so the doctor looked at me and she was, like, kind of worried as she told me that. And I'm just like, you couldn't tell that to a more happy person. <laughs> Trust me. And I'm like, good God, okay. And But, you know, like, I, I just feel like it was a, a poor choice because they then turned this person who not only had she spent so much time stating that she didn't want kids and that, you know, she didn't want these, these things, but they made it a pivotal part of her character that she suddenly couldn't have children. And it's just like, but you literally broke up her and a long-term boyfriend that was in a healthy relationship with her, possibly the most healthy relationship she'd had uh, because she didn't want children and now you're making it a world ending thing for her which doesn't make so much sense to me it's like taking a 180 with her characters like because now you're taking this person and redefining her entirely on whether or not she can have kids and that's a really shitty deal to do to robin yeah you know like that was a really shitty way to way to handle her character i mean none of the people none of the characters in how i met your mother are very are are good like they're pretty they're they're all pretty shitty all the way around just like the people like Kind of like the people in Seinfeld. Like, they're all pretty shitty people. They're pretty shitty people. You know, and it's just like, the the ones in How I Met Your Mother are arguably a step up from the people in Seinfeld. Uh, Because, I mean, to be fair, none of the people in How I Met Your Mother ended the show in jail, so. Okay. And all of the ones in Seinfeld end up in jail, so. Now, How I Met Your Mother is an offshoot of Friends. If you, like, do you like Friends? I do. Okay, so you do like Friends. I'm mixing it up because I know some people who really cannot stand it, and I'm just like, well, I like it. I like Friends, yeah. Do I absolutely agree that there's some really shitty things and people and relationships? Oh, and that yes. Was- oh, yeah. Ross and Rachel should never have been a thing. No. 
No, they should not. They should not have been a thing. They should definitely not have ended up together. I will always be salty about the fact that she gave up her dream job for this man. And yeah, she gave up her dream job in Paris. She literally built herself from the ground up. Uh And in the last five minutes of that episode, she throws away however many seasons worth of friends there are for Ross. For fucking Ross. Like, you guys, you guys have so many issues together. Why? Like, you're together. You're not together. You're together. You're not together. And I will take a controversial stance and say that Ross, when they were on a break, sleeping with that woman, does not count for cheating. You guys broke up. You guys actually just fucking broke up. Like, we were on a break. That means getting away from each other, doing non-relationshipy things, with the possibility of one day getting back together. That is, that's you breaking up. You breaking up. up. Yeah, I believe that. I believe that taking a break means you are breaking up for like a limited time. Like, could he have waited more than like four hours? Sure. (laughs) Absolutely. Like, damn. But like, no, you were, you were not together. You were not together at that point. Like, yeah, he, he went out after you guys broke up and like, would I be pissed that he slept with somebody literally within hours of break? Yeah. I'd be kind of pissed off at that, but I'd be kind of pissed off at that in the general overall arcing of the breaking up that you did because mm-hmm. you broke up with this man. So I don't yeah. blame him for that. Like I honestly, was I feel like Rachel and Joey would have made a better couple. I liked that couple. Like I love Joey. I don't think it would have lurked and worked in like the long run, but it would have lurked. It, it, he, you know, Ross would have lurked. <laughs> yeah. But, uh, <laughs> like, I don't think, I don't, I, I genuinely don't think uh, Ross and Rachel is a healthy relationship. But I also don't think that Joey and Rachel would have worked in the long term. I think it would have been good for Rachel to have it, that relationship last longer and see what it means to have somebody treat her well right. yeah. rather than like the shitty Shit. way that Ross treated her. Also, Ross was super controlling, like oh real, real controlling, and like he's anal he would, retentive. I can't do it. Yeah, like he was super controlling, and he wanted to like control. Like he had got so weird about that coworker of hers, Mike or what? Oh Matt, yeah, or whatever his name was. Like he got so weird and controlling about that relationship, and it's just like about like her friendship with this dude, or the fact that she just knew this guy, and it's just like, and it's just like you need to relax dude mm-hmm. and it's just like mm, no i think i think that was a bad relationship i don't have any issues really i think with monica and chandler i think that was a pretty solid relationship um the most i, like solid- Mo- I love chandler he is my favorite mm-hmm. because of how smarmy he is how he treated her in the beginning like when they were all younger yeah was shitty because she was mm-hmm. bigger because you know that's very even, true. Even like when then, they were when they everyone, were young, yeah. Yeah. Everyone at that time. Even now, fat phobic. But like That's true. Yeah, he was he was pretty shitty. Like when they were younger. I'll I'll give you that. That's that would definitely bother me. Um But like, like he never I don't think he ever saw her as like girlfriend as as like girlfriend t- material. Not yeah. because she was big, but it was like it was his best friend's little sister. Yeah, and that's weird to date your friend's sibling. Like, that's yeah, weird. Yeah, so, like, as they get older, they mature. Yeah, um, and they become matures, friends then... in their own right, you know? like Yeah. So, so I definitely get that. Because that would have, especially at the time when they first met, he was in college and she was in high school. So, like, yeah. it really would have been weird. So, 
Like, so I get why like, like it didn't develop until they became friends later. That is probably the closest thing to enemies to lovers in real life that would probably work. Yeah. You know, like, and because, like, oh, there's <laughs> so many problems with, re- like, enemies to lovers in a novel. I fucking love. It's my favorite trope. Well, but it's because-, because we have the omniscient narrator and we it tells, yeah. it tells us, like, oh, they see this, they do that. So we know all the background. We know how everyone's feeling. We know what everyone's thinking. But so like at the same it. time, like it's a book. Yeah, it's the a book. The point is there's a couple in it and this is the end couple. But you know that going in, like they introduce the lead girl and then they introduce this guy. And like, you know, you it's going to be end game. You know, yeah, it's you know be going in. Yeah, like it doesn't even apply just to books. You watch movies, you watch TV shows, like whatever. Like you go in understanding that these guys should be a couple at the end of it. And like, that's how it's going to work. So like you have that understanding of like, that's where their destinies lie. Yeah. However, in reality, like if someone treated me the way any of the any of the fictional like enemies to lover shit that I read, I would either punch someone in the face, <laughs> call the cops, or be digging a hole in my backyard. Like because that's the way that shit would go because you don't get to treat me like a piece of garbage. Yeah. And then like like let's take one of my favorite relationships that is not canon is um Draco and Hermione. Okay. okay. Fucking love Germione. I've read so many enemies to lovers fan fictions of Germione. Now, that is a hundred and fifty thousand percent a toxic red flag relationship. No, absolutely <laughs> not. Because this man You call me a racial slur and I'm gonna fall in love with you? Absolutely like, not. Absolutely not. Any and all potential romance died right there absolutely <laughs> there's no recovering from that he can grow and be a better person he can decide he you know like that those are not his views anymore because like you know what at 13 you're really influenced by like the things that your parents say and do and it might take you a little while to like develop your own sense of identity and understanding right. what's right rather than the shit that like your family's been like shoving down your throat or whatever people develop like that especially in their teenage years like some people move away from like religion or like other like concepts like that now granted nobody should be holding prejudice against anybody on any kind of sort but like it's that around that age that you start to develop your own ideas of these things right because you start your brain starts to develop you are you're introduced to more societal stuff and you start to question things you're just like um this doesn't jive with me yeah because like as as a kid and then you grow up being presented to the world in which your parents show you, you know, and the things that they show you and how they show you and what they talk to you about and what they tell you. But as you go get older, you start being exposed to other parts of the world that they might not necessarily show to you and ideas and ideologies, especially when you go to school, like you get exposed to all of these different things and you learn and you grow and you develop on your own. So like Draco was at an age where he might've just been beginning that shift of understanding, like, you know, Hey, this isn't a good thing after, especially considering his father, who his father is. You know, Lucius Malfoy shoved that shit down his throat at oh, every yeah. given opportunity. So, like, it can be hard to break away from those kinds of things. But the second Draco Malfoy called Hermione a slur, no, that's just over. That's just over. fucking over before it began. Like, there is no extra anything. There is no beyond anything. That is over. That's just it. He is a 12-year-old kid because it was the second movie. 
right? That he called her. Yeah. The, yeah. In the second one. Yeah. I don't care that he's a 12 year old kid. Like, no, no, that is over. A hundred and fifty percent. That like, no matter what kind of person he becomes in the future, like, no, it's over. Like, just that is over. That is ended right there. You don't need any more excuses. You don't need anything else. That is over. People have a big issue with um, Resand from Akatar. Yeah. Um, I do not. I don't have any issues with Resand. Um. He is the ultimate bay. I mean, Cassian is my bay, but Resand is the ultimate. Everyone should aspire to be Resand. A lot of people have an issue with him because he lies. Like, he doesn't tell Feyre a lot of stuff. Like, when he... Spoiler alert! Um, so cover your ears or skip if you don't want to hear this. There's a part where he tells Feyre, or he has Feyre go into this witch's cottage to get a ring um, that was his mother's. All right? Okay. But the witch is like, you can't take shit from her, otherwise she'll kill you. And Farah barely makes it out of there, but she gets the ring. Couple books later, he or like whatever, like later on he tells her like, oh yeah, this is my wedding ring to you. Because like I- He made so her like, go get her own wedding ring? Yeah. <laughs> what? <laughs> there's another. There's another thing where at the end of the first one, of the first book, where she- beats um amarantha well she beats the the task that amarantha had given her to like because amarantha had taken over um under the mountain court and like that's why everyone has like the the mask glued on their faces they can't take it off whatever everyone's stuck there and she's ruling them right mm-hmm. she's like all right human go through these tasks and if you win i'll set everyone free she does she kills amarantha but like right before like, right after she wins and, like, beats this massive worm thing, mm-hmm. she, she like, she dies, basically. And as she's laying there, bleeding out, dying, um, Resand realizes that this is his mate. He doesn't tell her that she is his mate until the fourth fucking book. Now, I understand why Resand did that, because he didn't want to, like, tell her that, hey, we're mated to be together, so she feels pressured. He wanted her to figure it out and fall in love with him on his own and accept it on her own. Yeah. I get that. But I also understand why everyone has an issue with it. But, like, if that information got out, wouldn't people target her because of him? Not many people knew. Like, he knew because he felt it. But, like, if people did know, wouldn't that make her, like, a huge target? Target? Oh, yeah. Like, she's already a target because Resand is interested in her. Because Resand's a target. And then once she starts to become closer and closer with him, she is a target. She becomes high lady. She's a target. She's always a fucking target. I hate the lack of communication trope. That's that's the thing. The lack of communication. Like, she, Farah has to snag slash capture the cereal. Who we all love the cereal because she just she has all the tea. And like the cereal is more like there are so many memes where it's like the cereal is just like like fair catches her and she's like all right give me information and she and the cereal is just like hi hello how are you like you could have just called for me <laughs> um the this name or word that you're saying sounds like cereal like Captain Crunch and is no. that what you're saying cereal or whatever it's S U R I E L okay so not Captain Crunch not That's Captain great. Crunch no. Um, so the surreal, like, 
you if you capture a serial, you can get information out of them. Like they'll have to tell you whatever you want. Okay. So she captures the serial three times, and the serial's just like, "Hi, you didn't have to capture me," because <laughs> the serial likes her. But the third time she captures her, she tells Feyre that, "Oh yeah, you didn't figure it out yet." <laughs> like your mates. She's That's- like, "I'm sorry, what?" That's like I'm glad I I'm kind of glad I haven't read this uh series now. Did you like, ever read? Sorry, um the the Cruel Prince by Holly Black that series. Um, Let me Google what the cover looks like. I read the first one. I think this the, one takes the, the place in the was, world of the Fae, right? Yes, Jude is the girl. She's like the human yeah. that's living with them, and Cardin is the Fae Prince. Uh huh. Cardin yeah. is such, such a, a dick to her. That was such a bad book. <laughs> that was a bad book. Oh, I'm gonna be honest with you. I'm to hear you say that. Oh, that was a shit book. Um, okay. I have a lot of opinions on books set in the Fae, like in the in the world of the Fae, whether it's okay. Underhill in the courts, like just in the world of the fae in general i have a lot of opinions on it okay Seely versus unseely yeah yeah like i i have a significant amount of opinions on it i love like reading like lore on like the fae and things like that you know like i my very irish heritage comes into play of like <laughs> and, uh, and i just have spent a lot of my youth reading about the fae and like learning about it and everything however there are very few books that i actually enjoy that have the fate in it okay mostly for for a couple of reasons sometimes there's usually one of two one of three ways people go one they don't branch past like base level fey and they don't really take into consideration that there are so many different types of fey like it's just not people who look like elves and stuff mm-hmm. like that like that's just not how that works then there's the people who just take Midsummer Night's Dream and roll with it and consider that is the world of the Fae. And it's just like, There's so okay. much more than Midsummer like, Night's Dream. I hate to break it to people, but the Mists of Ireland existed well before the Bard. So, like, <laughs> that's just kind of how that worked. And then there are the people who, like, the much fewer people who incorporate lots of different types of Fae and, like, expand beyond the courts or might not even use them at all. And, like, the, and then there's that. And that's the genre, I like, area of this that I prefer. However, not a lot of people venture into that in, in, in its entirety. It doesn't even need to be set necessarily in the world of the Fae, but if you're going to include Fae, you should be including things beyond the courts and you should be including... Because at that point, it's not really Fae mythology, it's... Midsummer Night Dream mythology yeah. is what it is. So, like, it's you might be included because, like, even Midsummer Night Dream doesn't really branch very deeply into the different types of Fey, and it's just like okay, so that's technically like a subgenre of like the world of the Fey in, in and of itself. But there's so much to learn about the Fey. There's so many different types and so many different kinds and, like, the rules and then, like, the world that they live in and then, like, there's Underhill and then there's, like, other aspects of it and stuff like that. And then there's there's just a lot. Like, I've read um, um, the um, Patricia Briggs Mercy Thompson series includes Faye and includes a shit ton of different Faye. But it doesn't take place in, like, the world of the Faye. It takes place in our world with the assumption that 
all of these mythical magical creatures are real they've just been kind of like hiding and everything but modern technology has gotten to the point where it makes hiding extremely difficult so in the 70s fantasy yeah yeah like in the the 70s the fae came out as in the fact that they existed but she does such a good job of introducing the different types of fae and like how they work and what they do and like just pulling from like all these different things that's not court related now there's still like a hierarchy of fae as there's like lesser fae and stuff like that and there's like um she calls them like the gray lords that have like all the super like i can cause a hurricane kind of power okay um you know like but she incorporates the many different types of fae which is something i really really enjoy i think i might enjoy it less if it was set in the world of the fae because then you're just gonna start you're eventually going to start having to make up your own shit and because there's no way you can know everything yeah you know about about like a, a type of mythology you know and like so far the things that i've like she's made up i've enjoyed because she doesn't go super wild with them she bases it off of something you know like it but there aren't courts in her world and stuff like that nora roberts is really good with that too like yeah. she she is everything with her is some kind of ireland fairy based story yeah some of them will be in Ireland. Some of them will be in, like, the state. I don't fucking know. But, like, there's some kind of magic involved in everything she writes. And mm-hmm. she does such a good job with it. Yeah. Like, I don't like her. Like, I I haven't read them. But, like, I don't want to read her just your typical girl next door moves, you know, yeah. moves to like, a new town, falls in love with a local contractor. I don't give a shit. Throw in some magic in there and I'm in love. Yeah, the same here. That's one of the reasons I like. I like high fantasy, but I really enjoy urban fantasy because I like the combination of like reality with mixing it in with this mm-hmm. realistic version of fantasy. Like mostly just because you like the idea of like that, you know, magic might exist in some way. But like I I can't stand a lot of fave books. Now, The Cruel Prince was a shitty book from start to finish. I read all I, three. I, 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 can, I only read the first one and I... Mm-mm. I was just I <laughs> it was such a popular series and I had such high hopes for it and I'm like oh there are no redeemable qualities for the prince at all there did you ever read her other series the one before that one um Tithe Ironside and something mm-hmm. else I don't I don't really like Holly Black's books so probably not it's got the wings on the front cover T-I-T-H-E Oh, I think I know which book you're talking about. Yeah, I hated that book. That was so <laughs> bad. I love that book. Granted, I read it when I was like 16, 17. Oh, I hated that book. God damn. <laughs> I remember reading it. I bought it because it was a signed copy. I remember that. And it was, I had such high hopes for it because that was like my I I enjoyed theory. it at the time. Looking back on it, I'm just like, that main like boy fae character, uh, forgot his name. He's a garbage. Oh, he was an ass. He's such, <laughs> he's a such piece an ass. Garbage. Yeah, he was a horrible piece of garbage. Now, okay, the cruel prince. The, the prince is a. There's no redeeming factors. There's none. There are no redeeming qualities of this man. He is from start to finish a piece of trash. Now, like with Draco Malfoy, I can make the argument that he's redeemable because the shit that he was raised with. It's things that he was raised with. He has shown the potential. It's brainwashing. 
Yeah, he, but he's shown the potential for redemption. Like, especially in the seventh book. Like, well, in the sixth book, he was, you know, like, he didn't want to do the things that he was doing, but they were literally holding his family hostage, basically. Right. And, like, he, it was a lot of brainwashing and things like that. But in the seventh, like, book, like, at one point, he, uh, like, he lied for Harry, despite knowing what would, you know, like, what would happen to him if he did, and said that he didn't know who that was, and he didn't think it was Harry. And then he gave Harry his wand to fight Voldemort with. Like, he's mm-hmm. shown signs of potential redemption. The prince from the cruel prince is literally just a cruel prince. He's a cruel <laughs> fucking person with no redeemable qualities. I am sorry, Aaron, if you really like this series. I fucking hated it. He was a piece of garbage person. Like, normally, I kind of like, like, the, you know, like, the, the, the macho kind of an asshole like kind of kind of thing like in my fantasy books not in my other type of books just it's only acceptable in fantasy only books. in fantasy and but like he wasn't like this like macho like kind of an asshole dude no he was just a straight bully <laughs> like they actively bully these girls like they try to kill them basically at one point with yeah the river. i remember that like this one friend went to like he chased her out he chased drew up the tower and like brought out a knife and like was about to kill her yeah, and then, like, there's what? That, Why? that whole thing with, like, the river and all that shit, too. And I'm just like, okay. But also, like, their dad's a complete piece of garbage, too. Like, he murdered their mother. Yeah. And it's just like, okay. You're coming back to the fake world with me. I what? Why? Like, you don't want them there. So why? 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 And then, like, they live in this, this terrible society. And then, uh, like... They get wrapped like oh my god! Everything about that book was bad. I there I don't even like the lead chick. She was a bitch. Yeah, I, I, I like, had a hard time with Jude. I didn't like her at all. And like now, like at the very last second, she um tricks this guy like into being mm-hmm. like the next king or like however that works. And like he's now in servitude to her. Yeah, she's holding it over him, which is equally as terrible to me as all of the bullshit that he did to her. Now, granted, you are making a relationship of two of the most toxic fictional people possible and putting them together. Which, you know, good. Because then they can't go out and be toxic with other people. But, like, at the just same time... Other. Just, yeah, just confine that uh, level of toxicity <laughs> in one relationship. That's great, because then they're not, you know, like, poisoning other people in the process. But I'm just like, he has no redeemable qualities. And she doesn't really have that many either. So, like, okay, you're all just garbage people. But I have had, I've tried to read a couple of different uh, Holly Black books. That is my general opinion of all of her books. I don't like any of the ones I've read. I have never read a Holly Black book I actually enjoyed. So, no offense to Holly Black. Just, especially the way she writes her men, really pissed me off. So especially the way she writes her men. I do not like the men that she writes. Like I have actively tried and I do not like the men that she writes. So it's just like, okay, sorry, but, but no, no. And as much as I enjoy enemies to lovers, that is not something that is a huge, if this person has been your enemy at any given point, he is not your true love. Like, they are not your soulmate or whatever they might be. You're, like, the other half of your soul in the way that this is the exact opposite and that this person is entirely evil. Sure. (laughs) 
<laughs> I really, I so much enjoy hero villain relationships. I fucking love. You spend some time on Pinterest looking at villain, uh, like villain ex hero stuff. Uh-huh. Fucking love it. I absolutely love it. Anybody who hasn't looked that up on like Tumblr or Pinterest should just spend some time. It's fucking amazing, especially because it does it like um superheroes and supervillains but it's generic uh-huh. it's like hero and villain like they don't give them names and shit like that i fucking love it i absolutely fucking love it mostly because i love the villains and i like the villains getting recognition for like the decent shit that they do especially and a lot of times heroes like their worlds um like the people around them and like that are the societies and things like that are usually pretty toxic in all honesty oh yeah like super fucking toxic and then, like, the villain comes along, and it's just like, that's that's supposed to be the bad guy? He has a that's healthier work environment than you do. Like, the guy trying to take over the world has a healthier work environment than you do. <laughs> so, like, <laughs> uh, because let me tell you, like, yeah, no, I, I would work for Loki before I, w- I would work for S.H.I.E.L.D., so, like, mm. And yeah, not just because S.H.I.E.L.D. is full of, you know, like, Hydra agents and stuff like that, but I believe, I believe shield probably gives you an you know like an annual three days off with you have to be on call contingency and i bet loki gives really good health care benefits so. probably he's like I'd, I'd rather keep my people alive rather than you know having to go find new new ones yeah because you have to understand the, the point of loyalty and for some fucking reason oh. villains seem to understand the point of loyalty better than most heroes do and it's just like yeah, you want to keep your people around. You don't want to get betrayed. You fucking treat them well. All right. Like, I would default if I lived in a, if I lived in a world with superheroes and I was a superhero. I would I would trade sides really fast. The first time a villain offered me a paycheck, I'd be like, sure. <laughs> Where do I sign up to join your team? Because they weren't fucking paying like spy. They didn't pay Spider Man for shit. No. You don't see him going around like I can't imagine Black Widow gets paid very well. I, you know, like I didn't see nobody paying Captain America shit. No, but I bet you if I went to work for Loki, he'd be like, "Here's your your lovely payroll packaging with right? all of here's your, your benefits." Here's your lump sum of treasure. Yeah, it's like here's you your sign on bonus. This is how much you get. This is you you accumulate like vacation time really well. Like here's all of your like insurance and all that. And it's Asgard just, like, has great health insurance, health hazard healthcare. pay, like <laughs> shit. Like you know what? Yeah, the first the first time a villain offered me, it's just like you should come work for me. Here's like a million dollars. Be like, okay, <laughs> what do you need? Like nobody should ever put me in a position of holding state secrets. <laughs> so mostly, especially for the United States, because I fully believe the United States is one of the world's top like five villains. <laughs> so, yes, they are. They are. And we I would be like, mm, okay. So now, but, you know. another question for you: Did you ever watch American Horror Story? No. At least the first season. Okay. No. Because the character in there in the mm-hmm. first one, Tate, Tate is a mass school shooter. What? Yes, he is a school shooter. Like that's what. Like he's dead. He died after shooting a bunch of kids at his school, and people fall in love with him. That's fucking insane. I know. Like. Because he, he presents himself as like this, I'm fucked up, you deserve better than me, blah, blah, blah. And the girls are like, oh, I can fix him. No. No, you can't. No. No, you can't. 
He went to school in like skeleton makeup, brought out his big ass rifle, and just shot everyone up. Yeah, that's that's you, no. There's no character redemption arc for that. No, and no. everyone loves Tate. I want to say it's because it's Evan Peters. Everyone falls in love with Evan Peters because a he's a great actor and two, b he's cute. Yeah. So everyone's like, oh, it's it's fine. I'm like, no, no. Not a single one of Evan Peters' characters in American Horror Story are redeemable. Not a single one. Well, that's good to know. I did not know that. Um, <clears throat> I remember J.K. Rowling once mentioning that she couldn't understand why people loved Draco Malfoy. Like, <laughs> he, on paper, should be, like, a redeemable, an irredeemable person. And, she, like, she blamed that on Tom Felton. And I'm like, to an extent, I understand that. Because, like... You gotta love Tom Felton. And so, you know, like, you, you kind of... I don't think I liked... I didn't like Draco as much as I did before I saw the movies. And then, like, you, you get to like him because, like, you know, you like Tom Felton and everything like that. So, like, I understand how in those cases, like, the influence of the actor can, in, mm -hmm. you know, like, affect how people feel about the character. Because on paper, yeah, terrible. Just fucking terrible from start to finish. But, you know, you get the influence of, like, an actor, especially one that you've seen in other things and you like, you know, you know, you like them for that. Now I'm going to give you a um, relationship, fictional relationship trope, and you have to tell me whether or not this would be acceptable to you in the real world. Okay, hit me. Okay? The fake pretend relationship trope. Oh, God, no, I hate it. Can't do it. How do you feel about it in your fiction? In my fiction... I like it. Like, yeah. there was, um, did you ever watch the show P um, To All the Boys I Loved Before? I didn't. I heard a lot about it. Okay, so basically this girl finds, um, a bunch of letters that she had written to mm -hmm. her crushes, but, like, she never sent them out. She just wrote them out, like, wrote her thoughts out, put it in an envelope, put it in a box, and put it away. Yeah. Her younger sister finds it and is like, ooh, I'm going to cause some drama and sends it out to all the people that she wrote them to. Okay, first of all, as you're writing these things, how do you know all of the addresses for these boys? Because she like she literally wrote them all out, put them in an envelope with their name, their address, everything, as if she was going to send it out, but never did. How did she know the addresses of these boys, you stalker, stalker person? <laughs> I'm sorry. Um, like two of them. How did you do that? How one did you of find them, their addresses? Here, here, here's a fun thing. One of them was her older sister's boyfriend at the time, and then they broke up because her older sister moved away to college. Ugh. Another one she goes to school with. One of them, in I think the second one, or um, she met when she was like in camp. Okay. So it's like in the first one, the two letters go out, right? The one to the sister's ex-boyfriend and the one to the guy in her class. Yeah. And. She sees um, her sister's ex-boyfriend walking towards her at school. And she grabs the other guy and, like, makes out with him. Like, she tackles him. Starts, she's like, kiss me. He's like, what the fuck? Should I just do it? And so, like, they, they make a contract to, like, pretend to date each other. Because, mm -hmm. like, he was dating her ex-best friend. So they, they make this contract, like, so he can get back at her, at his ex. And she can pretend, like, she's... Not available, so her her sister's ex boyfriend can just forget about it. Like, there's nothing here for you. There's no feelings. They you pretend explain the letters away. Bruh. <clears throat> it's a lot of drama, and so they have this pretend relationship, mm -hmm. and I think it's cute 
because they do start to feel things for each other and it works yeah. out for them in the end. Yeah. If that happened to me in real life, if someone's like, hey, why don't you and I pretend to be dating so I can get back at someone else? It's like, no, I'm not your toy. I'm not your tool. This is and no. And so fucking petty. N- forget the petty. I'm okay with the petty part. For me, it's if we pretend, if if we start pretending to do this and we start doing datey things, cutesy relationship things, I'm going to start having feelings. I know I am. I know myself. Yeah. It, it wouldn't happen. No, you unless it was fake dating doesn't lead to real feelings. I, I, I couldn't because I, I again I know myself. I would start catching feelings and I'd be like, "Fuck, now I'm fucked." Yeah, like <clears throat> no, there's no world, there's no universe <clears throat> in which fake dating doesn't lead to real feelings. Like that's just all there is to it. I enjoy like a fake dating like trope in my fiction, mm-hmm. in some aspects. I prefer it in my fan fiction than mm. I do my regular fiction because in fan fiction it's just a nice like alternate universe you know but I don't like it usually as the main relationship I got you because it's usually so ridiculous because usually there are so many options to get to before you have to get into a situation where they're like let's pretend where we're fake dating because usually the situations are so fucking ridiculous you know that yeah. it just doesn't make any sense for a plot but you know for like a fan fiction you can kind of forgive that kind of stuff so all right I have a character for you, and I want you to tell me your thoughts. (coughs) Everyone loves him. Okay. Almost everyone. Mr. Darcy. Oh, God, no, he's a piece of garbage. (laughs) No, that is a very toxic man. That's this toxic, toxic ass man. There's this article that says, a well-adjusted man doesn't fall ardently in love with you after calling you ugly an hour before. Okay, like, first of all, no concept of the real world. None. He seems flabbergasted at the idea that, that people have to, like, they just don't have money. He just doesn't <laughs> seem to understand the concept that people who don't have money exist. Like, he, like it seems to him like that's just, like, if I was to try and convince him that the sky was green while we're outside on a clear day. Like, he just doesn't see, like, he seems like that would be, like, the, a unicorn to him. Of, like, that is a, you know, like, a fake thing only off in the world somewhere that uh, that isn't real. So, like, but also, he says a bunch of shit about her. Like, a lot of shit about her. And then he's just like, oh, we should get married. And he expects her to be cool with that. Why? Because, I don't know, he's a man in a time period where that matters. Or he's rich. Or he just assumes that he's going to get spoon-fed everything he wants because of who he is and what he is. Mm. And it's just like, hmm, you are a garbage person. You are a garbage, toxic, entitled asshole who doesn't understand why telling someone that they're ugly or, you know, they're this, that, and the other thing is a bad thing. And that why, and then gets confused, gets confused as to why, like, then... She's not interested in him. It's like, well, okay, but you, you, you took any interest that she had. You lit it on fire. <laughs> okay? And in the ashes of what remains, you're expecting a bonfire to start. And when you can explain to me how you're going to light a bonfire in a bunch of ashes, then we'll talk. Well said. Well said. Yeah, he's a garbage person. Garbage person. Okay. Um, I will give you one. Okay. Uh, I'm going to give you another relationship trope and you can tell me what you think of that. Um, the arranged marriage trope. 
Mm. Now you got to tell me how you feel about it in your fiction versus how you feel about it in your in like reality. See, in and reality, can- I am so against it in reality. Like, absolutely not. Do not come up to me. I have told my parents many times growing up. I'm just like, if you ever come to me and be like, so and so son, y'all, y- we're going to their house for dinner. Why? You guys are gonna get married. I, no. I, I don't know what they look like. I don't know how they look. I don't know how they smell. I don't know how they act. I don't know what they're. <laughs> I don't know how they smell. I don't know what their Why is values are. It's so valid. What do you smells weird? I have met people that as soon as I get close to them, they smell like garbage to me and i'm just like absolutely not That's and fair. i remember reading somewhere that it's it's nature mm. it's like your natural pheromones were telling you like this is not someone you ever want to procreate with that's fair that's valid cuz just like there's one person that i know that someone else knows that to the other person this one person smells like utter garbage okay to me i smell absolutely nothing like there's just no scent at all. Hmm. There's someone else that I know that when I wa- when I walk up to them, yeah, they smell like they haven't showered in a month and they've been sleeping out in the humidity for like seven weeks. Ew. That's how they smell to me. To someone <clears throat> else, they smell fine. Mm-hmm. So you cannot come up to me but you're going to marry this person. Like, I, what if they smell like shit to me? Like, sorry. But no, I refuse. I cannot do arranged marriages. In books, it's hit or miss. That's it fair. is hit or miss with the bo- in books because it has to be specific settings. Yes, it has to be a specific setting, and I have to. It depends on the characters too. Like if I know the characters, mm-hmm. and I know their values, and I know how what kind of people they are. Yeah, I can gauge and see if this is if they're gonna actually work on this as like, okay, this was forced upon us, but let's give it a shot. Like you're you're a person, you can- I'm a person judge their compatibility a lot exactly yeah exactly not in real life absolutely fucking not that's fair i have i i definitely agree with that like there's a lot of um specific settings like now if we're talking like fictional settings it has to be high fantasy like it has to be like high fantasy like arranged marriages for like political purposes or like whatever and not just like you know like oh yeah i you're 18 now or whatever. I married you off to somebody like no. In reality, I think it would the acceptability of it depends on the culture that it's taking place in. Like there are a lot of cultures that have it just as a as a very very common thing. And as long as both parties are accepting, that's fine, but it's all contingent on whether or not both of the people who are getting married agree. If both of them agree, you do you. Like, I don't really care. Um, yeah, that's fine. You know, like, but in, like, in, in a lot of cultures, like India, for example, it is far more common over there than it is here. And it's, you know, if both people agree to it, that's fine. An arranged marriage where you don't have any say in it, I don't agree with that in reality or in fiction. Um, See, even in fiction and reality, when there's an arranged marriage for political purposes... There's no say in that. It's like yeah, you're getting married exactly. to them because we got we have an alliance. It's like yeah. I don't care. I don't agree <laughs> to arranged marriages for political purposes. Certainly, like arranged. Um, 
I was actually, I was reading online the other day and uh, this woman who does not live here in the United States, so she lives in another country. Her country has matchmaking arranged marriage services that you can go and like you put in all of your information and they find potential matches for you based on your education, your job, your income, your family, and like all of preferences. This stuff. Yeah. And like they, they find these. There people is a you- TV show like Indian matchmaking. So yeah. And like they, they go through this process and she said it's a really common thing. And her sister had done it directly out of high school mm-hmm. and that she had, you know, her, she didn't have a college education or anything like that. So she was matched with a person like of the level in which she had and which was like, lower middle class according to this woman but this chick went on to get like her upper level graduate degree and like she had her own like successful like i don't know lawyer job or some shit like that she was matched with a like a for lack of a better word higher quality person and her sister was really mad that like she got matched with this person who's like made way less money than the person her sister got matched with and everything yeah. like that. So, like, if you, but they both willingly got themselves involved in arranged marriages this way. So, like, that to me is no big deal because you're willingly, like, entering. If into you willingly something. put yourself into that situation, fine. But if it's more like if someone walks up to you and be like, here's wedding papers, it's like, who, what, who, what, when, where, how, yeah. why? Like, in reality, like, I'm gonna use, I'm gonna, I'm gonna set a, a scenario. If my father appeared <laughs> and it was just a like, great story. was just like, so and so long ago, I arranged a marriage for you. I would close the door. And that'd be the <laughs> end of that. Because I wouldn't care whether or not I don't think you let your had, father open his mouth. I would have, I, yeah, I would have to let him open his mouth because my first question would be like, who are you? And then he would have to tell me who he is. Because I guarantee you I wouldn't recognize him if he showed up at the door. So, like, the last time I saw a picture of him was a couple years ago. And I was just like, who is that? And I was like, oh, <laughs> that's weird. Um. But, uh, you know, I just, it would be, it would be a very weird thing. And I would be like, obviously not. Like, no, I wouldn't care if I'd have to leave the fucking country to get out of whatever weird legality shit was going on with it. Like, I'm also pretty sure the United States doesn't honor that kind of shit here. But um, I would have to be like, no, no, a hell fucking no. Like, and unless you introduce me to a person who is a billionaire... The answer is no, but also, why would a billionaire enter into a really uh, arranged marriage with me? That's like I, you know, it's just like, no, that's not how it's gonna work. I w- the only acceptable <laughs> arranged marriage I would enter into is if it was with a billionaire who wanted nothing to do with me at any point, but was at the same time willing to marry me and let me have a bunch of his money. <laughs> so as long as I so never either had your to billionaire see him, has to be asexual or gay. There you go. That's the only way that that arranged marriage would work for you. Fully willing to be a fake wife to a billionaire gay guy who's trying to hide it from his family. So would I. 100%. So would I. But I need confirmation that you, in fact, are not straight. And this isn't some weird, like, trick ploy bullshit. Like, let me meet your boyfriend. Like, there you go. Like, it's like, we are married. You are gay. I am straight. It's fine. We, like, our ritual is to watch shit TV together at nighttime. During the day, I work, you work, you go fuck who you want, and I do what I want. Yep. Like, it's and it's fine. just like, we need to keep a masquerade up for, like, your family or your business people who don't approve of that kind of stuff. Like, sure. 100% do that for you. I got no issues doing that. But you have to give me access to your money. <laughs> yeah. You, you have like, to give me an, an ATM card. Like, because if we, if we're going to, and also in the divorce clause, it 
like I don't need like half of everything you have. I just need a set amount of money determining that should we get a divorce? No, for whatever the reason, uh, I get a set amount of money. No questions asked, no holds barred. Like I don't need half, but I do need a certain amount. So like that doesn't I'll take bother half. me. I will keep half. Like, I. You can keep. They they can keep the cars, the house, whatever. You give me half of that money, and I can do whatever the hell I want with that money. Just give me the paid for penthouse. And, like, (laughs) (laughs) give me the paid for penthouse, and you have to actively pay all of the bills for that penthouse, and we're fine. I can just. I could go. I could. I could literally just go volunteer with a museum until I get enough experience to go have a job with one. That would be great. If you married a billionaire, divorced them, and got a fuck ton of money, you could open up your own museum. I mean, that's fair. But, like, if I was just a volunteer, I could come and go as I wanted. No, if I I married and divorced a billionaire, I would have us move to a different country and start our our cafe. So, Yes. Despite the fact that, like, I I I have experience running a cafe. I don't have baking experience. So, like, as I spend so much time on Instagram looking at amazing, like, things that I would love to put in a cafe one day, like, if we had one, I'd really enjoy looking at, like, really interesting looking foods and stuff like that on Instagram. But, like, do I have the base understanding of how to make a cupcake from scratch? Not at all. Not at all. Do I know? I have no fucking like those cakes that are like circular and have like the completely smooth icing on top of that. Do I know how to do that? Not at all. Not a fucking clue. Like that's why I would have the cafe because I know how to do all that. Exactly, but like it may not look extremely pretty, but it'll taste good. And it's just like, oh, but like looking at that stuff on Instagram makes me want to open a cafe. And I'm like, I know. I like I'll I'll design the drinks. Okay, I'll make drinks like. You can do the food related part. I will definitely no, 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 no. present See, you with fancy Instagram ideas. Like, let's See, do here, that. here's how it would work. I would run the cafe side with the coffee mm-hmm. and the drinks. My mother would be in charge of the food in the cafe. You would make an entire menu for the drinks and I would make them. Yeah. You would run the floral shop and Aaron would run the bookshop. That's fair. Because the, the general idea is to have three actual stores that are connected to each other, despite the fact that they have, like, dividing glass walls. And because you, you don't want people taking, you know, I don't like, want the coffee into the bookstore. Taking food and drink near books. Absolutely not. Exactly. But, like, the general idea for all of the people who are listening and something that's uh, an ongoing running uh, idea we've always had is to own a cafe, floral shop, and a bookstore with the floral shop in the middle and the bookstore on one end and the coffee shop on the other to separate the food and the, and the books. Um, but that's just, like, always just been, like, a thing and, like, I would love to do it. I even love the idea of, like, the, like the cafe part of it because I'd love to design the foods and stuff. I just don't want to make any of it. That's fine. My <laughs> like, mom well, will be very happy to make it. So will I. Like, yeah, and it's just like, I it wouldn't even bother me so much to like make it if I was, I just don't want to interact with people. That's my thing. I don't want to interact with customers. If I have to sell a single fifth fucking thing to a person, no. Oh, and you know what the, um, not necessarily the house rules will be, because you know there are restaurants where like the waiters are purposely mean to you like they will make fun of you at your table and that is the shtick of the restaurant yeah ours will be we're not nice we will be nice if if we feel like it otherwise 
Well, our, our part of our slogan will be our workers are actual people. Like our workers are real people <laughs> and you're going to get treated like a real person. Yeah. And there, so, there's like, no, there's no, uh, what was it? The uh, customer's always right. Yeah. There, there's no shit. catering to bullshit. There's just our shop, our rules. You don't like, there's the door. If you do like, come on in. Well, that would be the beauty of owning your own place is you could look at somebody and when they're being a piece of ass, like, you know, like an asshole and a piece of shit, you could look at them like, you see that door over there? Yeah, you can go out that because I'm not serving you anymore. <laughs> and in fact, like, I could take your picture off the security camera and I could put it on a wall of assholes. And then every time <laughs> anybody walks in here, they're going to see your photo and they're going to see and know that you are an asshole. So I like that wall yeah. of assholes. I saw something similar on a episode of Seinfeld where a guy who owned a corner store, every time a check bounced, he took the check and like the name on the check and he posted it like in front of the <laughs> register for everyone to see so everybody would know you're a cheapskate whose checks bounce at a corner store. That's awesome. So, and I'm just like, All right, oh. I got something for you. I found an interesting site. Okay. It's a... Uh... Most glaringly obvious, least relatable relationship red flags. So I'm going to give you the most basic shtick of the red flag that they have written down here. Okay. And you're going to have to figure out what book it's from. Okay. Now, I hope you've read this because I know I did when I read Twilight. Your partner moves back home after a long time away, suddenly wealthy, and ends up marrying your niece to spite you. What? I gave you a big clue. It was a big thing in Twilight. Twatlight, whatever you want to call it. What book is Bella obsessed with in Twilight? Oh, uh, Withering Heights? Yes. That's okay. the plot of Wuthering Heights. It's your partner who's back. That was a weird book. That was a really weird book. I read, I think, the first half of that book. I don't think I finished it because I'm just like, this is a I, weird book. I read it solely because I wanted to see what the big deal was. And I'm reading and going, this is fucking bullshit. I read it because it was, at the time, my English teacher's favorite book of all time. And I tried to read it because I, I really liked my English teacher at the time. And I tried to read it and I'm like, wow, this is a bad book. <laughs> now, this next one, I haven't read. Okay. And it, when Erin listens to this, she will know exactly what I'm talking about because she's read it and she played the character from it. Your partner keeps you locked in the attic while seducing his child's tutor. That is a plot to a hentai. <laughs> it is not hentai. It is, uh, yeah. And it um, keeps you, I don't think I've ever read a book with a woman locked in an attic. I'm sorry. It's Jane Eyre by Charlotte Bronte. <laughs> Yeah, I have not. I, I never read Jane Eyre. Yeah, I have not read Jane Eyre. Locked in an attic. Okay, that's... Mm -hmm. Ooh, all right. All right, sure. Now, I did read this next one during uh, literature and film in at college. Okay. I don't quite remember it because I was just like, what the fuck is going on? Yeah. Your partner promises you'll be together forever mm. as soon as you finish killing their current spouse and collecting the life insurance payout. Oh, you mean um, definitely the manipulating to the point of, like, the Joker and Harley Quinn. Because he might not have had her, like, kill his former anybody, but he did absolutely twist her up to the point that she was willing to kill people. So, oh, yeah. um, I don't know what book that is. It's a novella. It's called Double Indemnity. It's a film. It's like a 
old timey like detective thing. That is a one of the worst relationship. Like anybody who tells you, she's like, oh, well, we, we could be together forever. You just have to do this one thing. No, no, it's always no. a lie. It's always fucked up. It's always fake. It's always <laughs> bullshit. They're just using you. So this next one, I never read the book, but I did watch the first season of the show. Okay. Your partner holds you prisoner in a bookstore basement while editing your manuscript. While editing your manuscript? Mm-hmm. What? You. You. It's the show You. I've never Based heard on a book. of that. Oh my god. You probably get a kick out of it just watching it and be like, the fuck? That is real fucking weird. I gotta tell you, that's real fucking weird. Okay, this one you have to know because we just talked about it. Okay. You and your partner both know you're only married... You're only married, marrying each other because you're of the same social class and witty temperament, and yet you gaslight each other into thinking it's love. Is that how I met your mother? No, that's, uh, wow. Uh, Pride and Prejudice. But they're not of the same social class. Mr. Darcy and her are not of the same social class. And He's infinitely that- higher in her than her social class. Did you see his house in that movie? Like, <laughs> Fuck. That's not even a house at that point. That's a fucking park. Now, this next one is a trick question, but it's so accurate. You and your partner can't stand each other, and for some reason decide that's an excuse to be together forever. Is this a series I'm supposed to know? It's not a series. It's just everything this person has ever written. Oh, and I definitely know it. Do you want me to tell you? I'm gonna go with Twilight. Fuck. I mean, <laughs> it's not wrong if it's if it's, if you if you connect the dots going way back, you're not wrong. It's any Shakespeare play. I mean, that's fair. That's because Twilight Romeo is some and, fucked up Romeo and Juliet. Romeo and Juliet was fucked up in and of itself. First of all, Romeo weren't they like Juliet. 14 or something like that? She was what 13, and he was like 17, 18. Oh, I know it's. Bleh. And, like, his friend was just like, bro, you were just in love with, like, Rosalie, like, five seconds ago, and now you're in yeah. love with this other person? It's just person? like, what? Everything about it. And, like, she is so dramatic that she kills herself before she, like, checks for a pulse. <laughs> Jesus. Seriously. His lip, like, her, what was it? Yeah, his, like, his cheeks and his lips are still warm. He's not dead! Yeah, it's because he's not fucking dead, you dumbass. Only, only a 13-year-old can cause that much drama, though. Mm. All right, what um, else you got? Okay, okay. Um, Speaking of Romeo and Juliet, how about star-crossed lovers or forbidden mm. lovers? No. No, I agree. Like, first in, of all, in, in reality. In format. Yeah. Reality like, or fiction, not a fan. Like, in reality, if everyone in your life is telling you you can't be with this person or you shouldn't be with this person, you should really listen to them. <laughs> Because if no one is supporting you in your relationship, there's usually something wrong. There's Unless usually you're... a reason why everyone is saying the exact same thing. Yeah, because even if your friends and your family both agree on one subject, like, mm, there's usually a problem. All right. Um, how about this trope? Let's see. Um, uh, you move back to a small town and you find your soulmate kind of thing i fucking hate that trope so that is every hallmark movie 
uh, just ever. Because mm-hmm. every single Hallmark movie, because every time the woman, an independent woman who has her own job, her own money, her own career, she goes back for whatever reason to her small town and she meets a guy who has absolutely nothing, no prospects, no money, can't even like speak in proper grammar whatsoever, has <laughs> nothing going for him whatsoever. And then, no, she's going to give up everything she worked for, all of her education, her job, her money, her whole life to come move back to this small ass motherfucking town for this worthless piece of shit guy who is about eight levels below her. Yeah. Can't do I it. hate that. That's so, I hate, I, that's one of the reasons I can't watch like Hallmark movies. And it's just like, I can watch some of them, but most of them are like, especially like the Christmas ones are that way. Or they'll be the like, Christmas oh, ones are all the same thing. They they are. They're literally just different people in red sweaters. Like that's just all there is to it. Like Slightly the show that I was watching, people. um, Virgin River. Mm-hmm. The girl is from LA and she yeah. moves to this small town called Virgin River. So it's not like she's going back to her shitty small town. Yeah. She's leaving everything she knew in LA to start a new thing somewhere else. Like, that's fine. Yeah. That's fine. It's not you were from a small town, you went to a big city, made something of yourself, and went back to your small town. Yeah. Why the fuck would you do that? Nothing. And it's just like, why would you do that? Like, you worked really hard, you achieved a lot, but you're going to throw all of that in the... Like, why doesn't it ever happen where he leaves and goes to move to the city with her? Right? Why, 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 why don't they both leave their... Why doesn't she leave the city and he leaves the country and they go to an entirely new town? Like, how about instead of a large city and a small town, you go to a medium city? Like, instead of L.A. and, like, fucking groom Texas with a population of, like, 500 people, like, why don't both of you, I don't know, just go move to Carson City in uh, Nevada. Like, there you go. There's a middle ground. Like, large city, medium, or, like, large city, small town, medium city. There you go. Like, why don't you both just start over somewhere else? Why does one person have to give up absolutely fucking everything? It's stupid. It's stupid. It is stupid. How about this one? Love Triangle. Oh. <laughs> First of all, not a single novel, book, movie, TV show, whatever, that it has Love Triangle in there is an actual Love Triangle. Because to have a Love Triangle, one of those characters has to be gay. Because <laughs> let me tell you, this chick's in love with this guy, and this other dude is also in love with this chick? No, that's a line. With a chick in the middle. That's how that works. Because to have a triangle, this chick has to be in love with this guy. And this guy has to be in love with this other guy. And this other guy has to be in love with the chick. That's how you make a triangle. Okay? Because otherwise, it's a chick in the middle with two dudes. That's just a line. In these love triangle stories, there's always two very specific types of dudes. One of them. The worthless boy next door. He's... He's generic and plain but that's what makes him special like no he's a piece of garbage he amounts to nothing he tries for nothing he doesn't have anything like there's nothing special he is the just most bland type of beige possible like no and then just and then on the other hand you have the toxic asshole where he's at least interesting and you can hold on a, like hold a decent conversation with this man. However, he is toxic, a piece of shit, usually controlling, 
lots of miscommunication, well, not miscommunication from tropes, but like purposely withholding information from yeah. the tropes and just, just thinks they can control your life. Like, let's take Jacob and Edward for oh, an example. God. And in this category, Jacob falls under the beige because he, he's the safe. He's the safe one. That's why the beige like, is going to be the safe bet. He's the boy next door in this scenario. He's literally the boy down the street. Like he's the more safe option. Okay. Like, especially before he turned into a werewolf, there was nothing he was really bringing to the table here. And, but Edward is a controlling, toxic piece of garbage. And like, that's just, that's just who he is. And there's, that's always the way they are. You could go into the Hunger Games where you have Peta, who is the beige boy next door, and then Gail, who's a piece of garbage. You know, like, he, I, I still can't just, get over his name, Peta. I'm like, why did you name the character after a p- kind of bread? Like, why did you do that? Like, I, I hate love triangles. I hate them. They're so stupid. And they're also not triangles. They're fucking lines. Like, there's, um, I'm trying to look at my bookshelf. It's a triangle because two people love the same person. And it's just like... It's a line! Because to complete a triangle, you would have to have one LGBT character. Because one of those guys has to like the other dude. Like, it's not a it's not a triangle because you can't... Like, those two sides of the triangle don't touch. It's a line with the girl in the middle. That's fair. I'll, gi- I'll give you that. It's just... It's not a triangle. Like, there's so many... Especially when we were like teenagers and into our early 20s that was every god damn book series was a love triangle here's this person and then here's the like here's the beige and then here's the asshole pick one and it's just like why it's such garbage choices i don't want either of them give me jasper like who is also not great no he's, he's very liberally either. using the i can control your emotions things to get you to agree with stuff so also, he was a confederate, so, like, <laughs> you know, not great in either direction. So, but I hate love triangles. I hate them. What else we got? Um. <laughs> Vampires are just normal people, Twilight. That's fair. Worst. Falls in love with the unnoticed. The story begins with someone shy who is in love with the girl. After some time passes, the girl notices the strange-looking character and suddenly realizes that she's in love with him. <sighs> now, <laughs> I will admit, as a fantasy, mm-hmm. it hits the mark for me. Because I have sat there in classes, whether it's in college, in high school, whatever, just sitting there daydreaming, fantasizing about, like, no one notices me because... I only have two friends. Yeah. Especially in college, you don't know anybody. Yeah, that's and true. I'm just sitting there going, I want someone to walk in the door and just notice me and all of a sudden, oh my god, you're amazing. Let's go out. Yeah, that's that's Never fair. fucking happened to me. Granted, I did have that happen to one of my friends and that turned out horribly. Well, that's fair. That's good to know. Um, It was, it was Geneva. She, it was, it was in college. Mm-hmm. She went to class, and this one guy came into class late, and there was like there was a seat right in front of her, and like he just, he immediately saw her, sat yeah. down right in front of her, and just started talking to her after class, during class, whatever. 
two weeks after these two started talking, and mind you, she didn't want anything serious at all. She was just like, casual's fine. Yeah. Whatever, going out, doing things. You know, free bird. Two weeks later, he introduces her to his friend saying, hey, this is my girlfriend. And she's like, excuse me, what? <laughs> we never discussed this. <laughs> wow. Wow. What a piece of garbage. I know. Oh. Now, that whole, like, it at the person, like, I, I, I read books for, like, especially, like, for the young adult novels. It's like the exchange students shows up and he's different, special. You know, and I'm plain and ordinary, but he noticed me and thinks I'm amazing and special, too. Fucking stupidest shit on the planet. On the planet. Especially, I can't stand the lead characters who are like, I'm so ordinary. I'm so average. I'm so nothing. And, but yet, at the same time, I have suddenly... The sword fighting skills to, to like defeat people who have been it came out of fucking nowhere. Years. You're sitting on your ass doing nothing, and all of a sudden you know how to use a sword. And it's just like suddenly you're besting trained soldiers in combat, and it's just like, mm, where did you like? Especially the ones that are like after like a week of training. I hope you're good enough to like when you have to go fight like this big bad evil guy, and like absolutely trashes the big bad evil guy and it's just like he's had a lifetime of experience in like sword fighting or like anything else and you've had a, like a week of training or like the just the way they're like well i'm ordinary and i'm super normal and like all this like no you can't be both you can't be super fucking ordinary and then in a week's time go do something extraordinarily and amazing and whatever like look if you have like hidden magical powers or like suddenly develop some kind of weird ability or whatever that's fine because it's an explainable way but unless your super ability magical talent or whatever is you suddenly like your magical ability is i suddenly know how to use every single weapon ever with the right. level of, of an experienced master no no i also like i'm fine with the this is an average person and we're going to turn this like this chick into something great that's fine because in all honesty that was my bread and butter as a teenager and like a little later give because, them some skills yeah let them learn yeah. something but like you know because you like the idea that like anybody can be this like amazing chosen one type person like anybody could be that way and like there's an appeal to that because you could apply it to yourself and the idea like well you know i could be this great amazing thing and but at the same time you have to build to this point mm -hmm. of where they are this amazing and great person. It can't just be like, oh, well, uh, while the fighting was going on, like I ran and hid or they told me to hide or whatever. And then suddenly in the, like the last book or whatever, they get to the fight with a big bad evil dude and she destroys him and she bests him in combat, you know, and like she defeats the ultimate evil by herself. And it's just like you displayed none of the abilities that would have led you to be able to do that. And also, I hate the <clears throat> the lead characters who do nothing but put themselves down and talk shit about themselves. Like, well, there's nothing special about me. I'm just this plain, average, worthless person who nobody's ever thought I was interesting. I have no friends. I have no nothing. Like, I have no... Like, if you no have no friends, there is some, that is a red flag. There is something yeah. wrong. 
I'm sorry. And, but like, if, if there's a main character that says, oh yeah, I have no friends. Why? What is wrong with you that you have no friends? Like, even at my most introverted point in my life, I had friends. Like, you don't need a lot of them. But if you don't have any, that's weird. Like, that's real fucking weird that you don't have any. That tells me that at that point, it's not a everybody else problem. It's a you problem. And you're something weird with you. And something wrong. Like, you have to have at least, like, somebody. One person. Like, I don't need you to have a whole, like, fucking 20, 30 friends. Just, like, you tell me you have a best friend. Like, there you go. Like, that's fine. But if, like, no, I hate the characters that they just, they spend so much of the novel and, like, describing themselves and everything as just putting themselves down the whole time. And they're like, I'm nothing. I'm, you know, like, I, there's nothing special about me. I'm not in anything. It's just like, what? No, that's not how that works. Like, I don't need you to be, like, some highly unique person or whatever i just need you to be an, an, a person who doesn't spend the entire novel talking about how worthless they are and i have read some of those those are so i've definitely put down novels where that's the way it goes like the whole description of the character is she's just like well i'm so average and i'm so normal and but i or like less than normal you know like well you know i'm i'm constantly I don't have, you know, like, I am super ugly or, you know, like, all this other stuff. It's like, don't, don't do this. Don't do this. Because now you're just making it so I don't like you. Like, right? I, you have to be the base level of likable, at least. You, like, you can develop from there. But, like, you have to have the base level of likable at the very least. And it's just like, please don't do this. Don't Here's be Here's another trope. And I know how you feel about this one. Ooh, okay. The chosen one. <laughs> the foundations of our fictional childhood that's what that is because every fucking fantasy book was the chosen one harry potter was the chosen one percy jackson shit is the chosen one like i everything everything is the, the chosen magicians. one the magicians was the chosen one like i incarnate yeah that was oof. I hate the chosen one because the chosen one stuff has a lot to do. It, it's kind of like a a, a oh, sister yeah, queen, a sister trope. Yeah, it's like a sister trope of the one I was just talking about. Of like the ordinary person suddenly has all of these abilities and stuff like that. Like, no, you have to start from somewhere. You have to start and then actively get to that point because unless your magical ability is sudden is like magical weapon expertise no you were not like you're not defeating people in hand-to-hand -hand combat if you don't have any hand-to-hand -hand combat experience i am fully willing as a person to punch somebody in the face if they like were trying to punch me in the face too but i don't have any assumptions that i could defeat in combat a navy seal no <laughs> do i think i could defeat a navy seal no i don't and that would be ridiculous to assume that i could all right, how about the secret heir trope? Like, this person is secretly a royal? Or, like, yeah. of... Yeah, okay. they have a long-lost secret heir to some throne. Oh, like Princess Diaries style? Yeah. Secret heir. Okay, I don't super have an issue with this one. I think it makes sense as a plot point for, like moving a story along or starting a story really and to like change the setting i think that is more believable to me and then 
a lot of the uh, than uh, like the chosen one in all honesty um in a reality setting i if somebody walked up to me and was just like you are the long lost like England has a bunch of unclaimed titles. Oh my god. England has uh, unclaimed heirs because everyone went fucking everyone else. I mean, did you see, like, where a couple years ago they found out that, like, um, one of their England's most famous queens or whatever was, she? they didn't think she had an heir, and she has a direct descendant who's, like, some kind of uh, like bank clerk or something like that. And if things had been slightly different, just slightly different, that woman would be the current queen of England. Oh my God. I can't remember who, uh, what queen she was descended from. Victoria? Maybe. Fact check. Let's see. Does, does she have hemophilia? Yeah. She was the descendant of Queen Victoria, I believe. And she's Queen Elizabeth's third cousin or something like that. But if things had been a little differently, she would be the, I think, yeah, I think that's who it is. But if things would be a little differently, she would be the queen of England. And she is. uh, I mean, I wouldn't mind having just regular old Jane from the bank become queen. Yeah, like, honestly, it would not bother me. But uh, like that, it's kind of, it. I would believe it if somebody, like, if I heard about it, like in the news, like they did like this genealogy and like DNA testing and stuff like that. It turns out so-and-so person is like descendant from one of these, especially in like places like England, like my God. Um, and like, or if somebody was like, somebody claims one of these lost titles or whatever, and they could prove it and stuff like that. But if somebody just came up to me and be like, we believe that you are like a missing descendant of somebody with one of these titles I would be like yeah you're gonna have to do a lot to prove it to me and I am going to need to get official authorities involved in this because I don't believe you yeah I I'm not gonna fall for the Nigerian you. prince who wants to give me a whole bunch of money bullshit yeah like there <laughs> I would have to like fucking go if somebody tried to tell me that I had like some kind of title in like say England for whatever because as we've learned recently I'm like 40% English or whatever mm-hmm. I would have to walk into Buckingham Palace and have somebody like tell me like you are in fact like a descent here's your title shit like there you go like if you did that sure would I be I would be willing to believe you but nothing still short- skeptical as fuck but yeah. I'll take it because I get money yeah, and like I'm gonna need a genealogist and a historian, and I'm gonna hire my own, and like all of this other shit. But like, unless you're holding an actual full blown royal ceremony for me in Buckingham Palace, I'm gonna call your bullshit. Yeah, like I'm gonna call your bullshit. How you got me to England is I will never know because there's no way I can just claim <laughs> because somebody told me I'm gonna go inherit a royal title. Like no. Unless it's Princess Diary style where your own relative can, in fact, confirm that this is true. Like, if my mom told me, oh, yeah, well, uh, you know, my family's a descendant of something. You know, like, that's what I... Or, By like, the way, so- and you just look at your mom and be like, why are we living in squalor? <laughs> like... <laughs> I would have a lot of questions and I like it was some that is actually a trope that I thought about a lot as a child growing up because I was I always thought to myself some distant like, relative yeah yeah I was like some distant relative or whatever I mean you can technically go on ancestry.com and trace my 
ancestry back to the 1400s. So I didn't find anybody interested. But that's in Germany. And I don't really want to be related to people in Germany. So um, no offense, but Germany doesn't have a great history. Germany. No, but they're a great country now. That's um, fair. They're a much better place now. But uh, historically speaking, I don't want to trace any of my relatives to Germany. No. no. So, um, um, more tropes. Yeah. Um, like, uh, how about when you're stuck somewhere with someone? Like you're trapped in an elevator or you're... That... Throw, throw that with the one bed trope. Okay, well, they stuck somewhere together, especially if it's someone you don't know. It's only acceptable for one night stands in fiction. Okay. It is not acceptable in any other way. You don't know anything about this person. You are put in a terrible situation in which to, like, uh, meet one another. So you're going to have, like, high tensions, which usually turns in, you know, in Usually fiction. when you're stuck together somewhere, it's, um... Anger. Like there, it, you're, you, yeah, it's usually, like, an enemies to lovers type thing and you're stuck together. Mm-hmm. And usually there's one bed in wherever you are. If you're in, like a bro- like, a hotel or whatever and you're traveling together and there's... The problem I have with the one bed trope, especially in reality, fiction, it's a little more acceptable. I've read one bed trope stuff, like whatever. And in like fiction, it doesn't bother me so much because like just be adults and just sleep in the same fucking bed. Nobody's telling you to have sex with anything. Just like just sleep in the same fucking bed. In fiction or in reality, it bothers me because the floor exists. There you go. Floor exists. Sleep on the floor for one fucking night. It's not going to kill you. It will not. Like I, as a person if i slept on the floor would everything ache in the morning absolutely would i do it so i didn't have to sleep in a bed with a strange person i didn't know yes absolutely yes i would i don't even fucking need a pillow i'll just sleep on the fucking floor that's fine but like i would just sleep on the floor like it doesn't matter like just especially in a hotel there's always two pillows just give me the fucking spare pillow i'll lay on the floor there you go it's just not that complicated. Like, one bed tropes don't make sense in reality. Are acceptable in fiction, don't make sense in reality. Yeah. I, I like them in fiction because usually they wake up and they're like, somebody has an arm around somebody else. You're like, oh, it's so cute. In reality, I'd be like, why the fuck are you touching me? Are you me? touching me? Just like, no. But then again, I wouldn't have that issue because I'd be sleeping on the floor. Uh, amnesia slash mistaken identity. Mistaken identities are a problem because you know you are not the person they think you are. And you should have the responsibility to clear that shit up. And if you don't, that, like, if say, like, somebody, like, thinks that you're so-and-so and, like, they kiss you or whatever. And you let that happen because you let them think that there's somebody, you know, you're somebody else. That's not consent at that point this person cannot consent if they think you're somebody else like that's the amnesia one like uh, that i i read a thing where a guy um his wife got amnesia and he went through the entire process of getting to know her dating her and they got remarried because she fell back in love with him even though she didn't remember him like that that's lovely that's so fucking sweet you put in all of that time you were married before he went through the entire process of dating her from square one of like from the very first day they met he did it all over again and she fell in love with him all over again without her memories that's adorable now that is only acceptable at that point but like if you're a former enemy and has decided to try and start from square one 
that's bullshit because the other person isn't able to operate under the full assumption of and knowledge of everything that you've done to them. I was going to say, either way, I'd be very sus. Yeah, super sus. Like, now, it, in the situation where this guy, like, remarried this, this woman and everything like that, she could get confirmation from her family of, like, yeah, this is your, you know, this is your husband. Like, you guys have been married for, like, what, however many years and stuff like that. But just from, like, somebody that, just somebody who you weren't actively married to before that point, I would be like, mm, we weren't dating. Don't know yeah. why we're going to start now. If I met somebody new that, like, I didn't know previously, sure, like, whatever. But, like, no. Not a, uh, n- no. no. The, uh, the best friend's brother slash sister one is never one I've enjoyed. No. 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 Uh, getting in a relationship with your friend's siblings is a terrible fucking idea. That's Because if things go south, shit's going to get weird. Ah, shit gonna get real weird because uh, you might be able to dump the boyfriend, but your friend don't can't dump the brother. So yeah, that's really fucking weird. Um, also, growing up, all my friends had younger brothers. I'm like, that's yeah. never happening. The only friends I've had with siblings, I'll have younger siblings. I'm like, that's that'd be really weird. And I think the older sibling thing is creepy because it's the reverse of like, how much older are we talking? Because that's weird too. They four years, oh, but no. it's still weird. It's like. Like as a, as a teen, it's endearing to us because it's like, oh, the older one likes me. But then when you look at it from the outside, it's like grooming. Mm-hmm. It's creepy. real fucking weird. It's real fucking weird. Like now, for like a, a true red flag of like controlling behavior. Now I'll give you some examples, and you tell me if like any of these people are acceptable in any way okay we'll start with edward cullen specifically him not letting bella go visit jacob in the push no like that to me is first of all edward cullen the number one worst fictional man maybe ever in a novel that i've 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 genuinely read worse than carden carden is straightforward with his bullshit that's and fair. his assholery. Edward gaslights first. And then, like, he fully looked at Bella and was like, You didn't, when, like, he had stopped that car. He's like, You didn't see anything. And, like, tries to make her doubt herself. He's like, You didn't see anything. You, you don't, don't know have Jedi about. mind tricks. It's just you like vampire twat. No, but then he, at some point, Edward breaks Bella's truck so that she so can't, she can't go, visit go and visit Jacob. Like, first of all, no second of all later down the road like when like they're engaged and everything she gets a new truck really i can't remember if like she said that he broke her truck or if um like i think emma told her yeah like she suspected that he broke her truck or something like that and it's just like i'm sorry what kind of controlling ass motherfucker are you because if the moment the moment you try to tell me what I can and cannot do, there's the door. The moment you try to tell me who I can and cannot go see, there's the door. That You try to tell me who I can be friends with, there's the door. You break any of my shit. You give away any of my shit. You touch my shit in a way that permanently changes, damages, moves my shit. That is the door. Do not <laughs> let it hit you on the way out. I just got through reading about a woman who, let me tell you, her 
brother and sister-in-law moved in with her because they needed a place to stay. This woman, her husband died six months ago. He was a piano teacher and she had a piano that he had helped her buy. They gave it to a friend to keep in the garage. Why? It's not their fucking property. Because she would play it during the day and they didn't like it. It's not your fucking house. She's letting you live the legacy. And they gave it to this friend and wouldn't tell her where it was. And she told them they had two days to return it or she was calling the cops and then kicked them out. And now her family's mad at her. I'm like, I wouldn't have given them the courtesy of two days. I would have called the fucking cops because in the meantime, they've got two days to do something with that piano. Like, no. Fuck that. Especially because it's not like it was a small piano. It was a fucking grand piano. It's expensive. And it's the only big thing she has from her husband. From her husband. Who died. He died six months before. Are you fucking kidding me? What the fuck is wrong with people? I'm surprised she gave them two days. Honestly, and like she was pissed and I'm thinking to myself, I really wish there had been like an update on there. And I, there wasn't. And I'm just like, God damn, I wanted, I wanted to see you call the cops, girl. Like, you call those fucking cops. Mm. All right, who um, else you got? Let's, uh, okay. Um, another another person, and you can rate this person on how um, many red flags you think they have, if they have any, what you think they are. Um, let's go with, I'm going to go with Ron Weasley. Oh, Okay. Ron. Ron Weasley. <laughs> Do you think he has red flags? If so, what are they? Uh, yes, he definitely has red flags. He He is like one of the epitomes of if he's mean to you, that means he likes you. That's very true. And it's not true. If he's mean to you, he's a fucking dick. He's got some kind of insecurity and he's taking it out on you because for some reason he thinks that you are bait. And even if he likes you, that's a terrible way to show it. Yeah, it's a terrible way to show it. <sighs> on a scale of one to ten, I we would are say- giving him a little leniency for the fact that he like he's a, goes from a kid to being a teenager. At the oldest he is in these books is seventeen, so like he's allowed a little stupidity. Yes, but. Okay, I was gonna say, but the whole lavender thing—he's what sixteen? It's mm. still stupid. Like again, you're yeah. you're young. You're gonna make mistakes, but that's stupid. <laughs> After giving Hermione shit for going out with Crumb, with Victor, like, yeah. On a scale of one to ten, I would say that Ron is about a six on the red flag scale because he is stupid. He does mm. have red flags, mm-hmm. but he's also mostly harmless. Fair point. Fair point. I think he gets more toxic in the seventh book with all of the bullshit that happens and then, like he leaves yes. and everything. Yes, but I will chalk that up to his continued wearing of the Horcrux because okay. it is because you know he okay. had it on for a very long time and it was starting to affect him. Okay, I'll give you that. So I will give him that. Okay. Um. Yeah. Now, is that enough red flags that you would not date him? He's pushing it. Yeah. He's pushing it. I have gone out with many red flags ranging from like an 8 to a 17. So, Ron, like I said, Ron's at the limit because he's also, my friend says it wonderfully. She's like, no more potential. We don't want to go out with potential because potential means there's nothing there. That's very, there are projects very in the good works. advice. 
I do not want potential. I want established. You don't, you don't want a project. No, I like, don't want a have, project. You have hobbies. You don't need one to be fixing up a man. You need no. a man, not a boy or a bunch of pieces in a box that you got to put together. I completely agree with that. He, Ron would be an ongoing project. Like, say on a scale of one to ten, he's like a five. You're never going to get him past like a six and a half, maybe a like, seven. With, with, the, with the relationship with him and Hermione, like hmm. in their future, she becomes Ministry of, Minister of Magic. Yeah. What is Ron? Stay at home dad? Nothing um, against stay at home dad. Yeah, yeah. I think Nothing he works, against them. But I think like, he works with George now. Like she's got such high ambitions and he's like, yeah. Nyeh. Like she's like a, a nine or ten. Not like in looks, but like as a person. She's like yeah. a nine or a ten and he's like a four. And this is not one of those. And like, I know relationships attract or like opposites attract. Opposites attract and you need to balance it out and everything. Which is, like, in some ways, yes, but they have to have a foundation, foundational commonality yeah. to make a relationship work. Their foundational commonality is Harry. Your foundational friend, commonality yeah. cannot be another person. It has to be a foundation in which you guys work together on a very base level. And Ron and Hermione don't. They just don't work on a base level. And I, I do not like that relationship whatsoever. I'll give you... Mm, I'll give you another person that ended me. Ooh, okay. Okay. Go ahead. It's going to be so easy. Okay. Christian Grey. Oh, on the scale of how many red flags that he has, he has all of them. (laughs) There are no more. Every other man is losing their red flags because they're having to donate them to Christian Grey, who is Edward Cullen, but without any of the supernatural interesting bits given more money, given more power, and more audacity. And he takes this girl who is entirely a virgin in square one, um, makes her sign a weird relationship contract, proceeds to be the most toxic fucking person I've ever, ever encountered in fiction whatsoever. And also, God, excluding the fact that the writing is terrible, because it is. Like, just in not correct in so many ways uh christian gray is all of the bad points of a relationship of edward cullen of the joker of like maybe hannibal lecter and just like in one person seriously he's he's all of the bad points he's everything i remember when um uh, I don't know if it was when the book came out, but it was definitely when the movies were coming out that everyone and their mother was in the BDSM community was all over the internet saying, this is not how this shit works. Yeah. Because everything about BDSM is all about consent. Yeah. It's all and about safety. Cons- yeah. And Nothing like, about Christian Grey is consensual. No. It's all gaslighting, manipulation, and forcing her into things. It's like, th- it makes more sense to me if it had been a mob setting. Okay. And, like, he was, like, a mob boss, and he's, like, captured this girl, rather than something, any kind of level of voluntary. Like, and it's just, it's so inaccurate and so misguiding and misleading in so many ways. It's genuinely just awful. And I, yeah, no, fuck Christian Grey. And not in the, the way that happens in Fifty Shades of Grey. All right. 
Uh, hello. Oh, I've got one for you. Yes. Falling in love with your kidnapper. <laughs> Looking at you, Bella Swan. Oh, looking at you, uh, Bella or Belle from Beauty and the Beast. I thought too. Like, but I mean, Belle doesn't necessarily get kidnapped. She willingly trades places with her father. In love with her with her hostage uh, captor. With her captor, yes. But I don't know. I what does it say about me that I like the Beast before he was Prince Adam? I like the Beast. I like that version of him, and I am not a furry. Like, okay, well, first of all, nobody likes the human version of Prince Adam. Nobody does. He's cute. Like, He's one of the cuter, good-looking princes. But but literally, nobody likes Prince Adam as a per as a human. Yeah. Like nobody, nobody. If you put Beast and then Prince Adam as a human in front of you, nobody's fucking picking human version of Prince Adam because it's like all of the interesting points of the Beast drained away the moment he yep. became human. For whatever purpose. And like it doesn't help the fact that he has like no lines and technically doesn't even have a name. I think it's only actually referenced in the ending credits or something like that, what his name is. Yeah. Um like no like to this day, not many people know that he's an act like that he has a name as a prince. Yeah, like he he has an actual name. Um but like <sighs> I think it's a terrible thing because it's just Stockholm syndrome. It's that's all it it's is. It's a hundred percent Stockholm syndrome. I go on vacation in a few days. I know. Are you excited? But are you so. excited? Go on your cruise. Yeah, I'm. Where I'm, are you stopping? Like you're going, you're leaving from Port Canaveral. No, we're. No. I have to fly to Boston. To leave oh, from Boston. Oh, I thought you were. Go- I thought you guys were going from Florida. Okay, so you're flying no. into Boston, and you're flying going. Into Bo- yeah, going from there to. I need to write this down. Because even my parents are like, oh, tell me, where is she going? Where is she stopping? I'm like, okay, hang on. Uh, We'll go from Boston to uh, Charlottetown on Prince Edward Island. Yeah, that should be. So the cruise leaves Friday. Saturday Mm -hmm. is an entire day at sea. Sea, yeah. Sunday is when we get to Charlottetown. And then Monday is Sydney, which is Cape Breton Island in Nova Scotia. And then... Tuesday is Halifax, Nova Scotia. Halifax. What was the what was Monday? Uh Sydney. Sydney. Because I'm like Australia. Yeah. It's technically Sydney, Cape Britain, Brinton Island. B-R-E-T-O-N Island. Um, Okay. And and then Halifax and then um which is cool because it's that's not super far from where they film Oak Island. So I'm kind of like Ooh. hoping to find some Oak Island stuff in Halifax. That should um, be fun. Yeah. I don't, unfortunately, we're not there long enough for to like go out to Oak Island or anything like that. Oh, okay. But uh, it is the major city not too far from Oak Island. Um, and then we enter back into the United States with Portland, Maine. And then, On Wednesday? Um, or Wednesday is a day at sea. Tuesday, Wednesday. No, that's Wednesday. Wednesday, Wednesday is Portland. Yeah. And then um, Thursday is Bar Harbor, Maine. Bar Harbor? Yeah. My, uh, my ex's family is near Bar Harbor. Oh, well, I hope I don't run into any of them. Not this that I would recognize them if year, I did, but... <laughs> this time of year... You... 
not. They might be in Wales. I don't know. I don't care. Yeah. I really um, don't care. And then fri- Friday, you're back in Boston. Yep, back in Boston. So, yeep doodle. And then we fly out that uh, afternoon. Should get home. Right, because you're off the boat, uh, you're off the ship at 11. Uh, the ship docks at 7 in the morning. Yeah, everyone's out by 11. Yeah. Because the- then they're going to get everyone back on the boat by like 5. Yeah, so we'll, uh, our flight, I think, is at, like, 2 or something like okay. that. And then uh, maybe a little later than that. But then we're coming back that uh, that uh, evening, so. Cool. All right, we'll I have, have to, that info now. We'll have to come home, and then we're going to go get the dogs after we come home. Because we'll have to come home to get the car and all that, so. Um, but, yeah, so it'll be interesting. So I'm just, I'm at the point where I'm sick of planning for it, and I just want to do it. So I've gotten to that stage. I'm just like I'm tired of prepping. I I love the prepping part. So like when I when I was prepping everything for Florida, I'm just like, okay, everything's done. Yeah. And I didn't get to the point of like, because as it got closer, I'm just like, oh shit, oh shit, oh shit, oh shit, shit. <laughs> I'm like, I just want to plan it. Like I I, I want to be able to plan it, and then as soon as it's planned, just poof, I'm there. Yeah, that's fair. Like. That's fair. It's all of the lead up to it. But yeah, like there's just, there's, especially because we have the dogs and like there's yeah. just so much to do. And like I had to go to the store yesterday um, at like eight o'clock because we needed something. And tomorrow I get off work early and uh, I have to go to the store to buy something else. And actually I'm trying to buy a, a bigger, what? No, sorry, continue. I... Uh, I'm trying to buy a bigger backpack because my current one doesn't fit everything I need it to fit. And can't you like, take a suitcase? You're allowed a suitcase. Uh, we don't. We don't want to check bags. We just want to carry on, and that's it. That's so. okay. I don't want to pay yeah. for a checked bag for a cruise. But yes. Um, are we cutting the episode here, or did you want to go over anything else? Hang on, I have one more trope to ask, and that's the tragic backstory. Yeah. That really depends on what tragic backstory we're talking about here. Because if it like, if you're adding trauma to a story to a character just to try and make the character more interesting, that it doesn't work that way. You're either an interesting person and character, or you're not. And like your trauma and your trauma history does not make you more interesting. And it's just like it doesn't make you better. It doesn't make you like more interesting to me. Like if I meet somebody who has a horrible long like history of terrible things that have happened to them they better be in therapy because like i don't like in my in my stories it's also like something that doesn't make a character more interesting it doesn't develop anything for me it's just old and just like my entire like sasuke from naruto his entire fucking family was murdered his assumed it was his brother who did it and he has this really multi like year series in which he just gets progressively more brooding all because of his tragic backstory like no it doesn't make up for the fact that you're just a piece of garbage if you're just a piece of garbage can confirm through experience that if someone you meet has a tragic backstory run (laughs) yeah run because that is nothing but unresolved trauma no therapy has been done gaslighting manipulation just oh but this is what happened to you. i don't give a shit what happened to you it happened to you get over it or fix it something you don't just keep using it as an excuse but this happened this is them i don't care 
It's like, I'm fix not your yourself. therapist. I'm not your mother. Yeah, fix yourself because I'm not here to fix you. That's not, I'm, that I'm is here not to fix what myself. we're here for. Like, you have issues? Good. Go to therapy. There you go. That's your answer. There is nothing else. You have issues? Go to therapy. That's all you need to know. Because if you don't, and you have, like, Sasuke-level backstory, like, trauma, um, that's your solution. That's your only solution. Go to therapy, fix yourself, or you're going to end up like Sasuke. The last and nobody one. needs to be like Sasuke. The last one. So much trauma. Ugh. No. Sasuke, after an entire series of bullshit, of like being dramatic over how his whole family is dead and, he, and his brother's the one who killed him but it turns out his brother did it on orders by the village and like he's actually a good guy okay first of all no he's not because he did in fact just willingly murder all and like it's not like his family was a family of like their immediate family they had a clan of hundreds of people and he methodically went and killed every single fucking person whether they were a man woman adult elder or a child like yeah no there's something fucking wrong with that and, like, but he spared only Sasuke. And, like, okay. Then Sasuke goes along, and after he finds out everything about his brother, then he decides he's going to destroy the whole village and kill even more people. Like, okay. Then, he, after spending however many years in which Naruto was around, which is definitely, like, at minimum, I think, of 15 years. I don't really know. But then, then, he finally decides to marry Sakura. Okay, which also, let me tell you, on par of terrible relationships, Sakura and Sasuke stands toe-to-toe with Draco and Hermione. Oh, boy. No questions. He has tried to murder her. Okay? Murder her more than once. Then they get married and they have a kid. And you know what he does? This His daughter is 12. He was, went on and on and on about how he's going to restart his clan and make everything better and, like, bring his clan back. Okay, his daughter's born. His wife gets pregnant. He ditches her at the village. His daughter's born. He's never met her. He's <laughs> never met her. Twelve fucking years. He fucks off from his kid and his wife. And the first thing he does when he sees his daughter for the very first time, granted, he doesn't know it's his daughter because he's tries never to kill her? fucking met her. He tries to kill her. He tries to fucking kill her. And the only reason he doesn't kill her is because he realizes that's his daughter. Wow. At the last split second. You want to talk about toxic men right standing toe-to-toe with Christian Grey is Sasuke Uchiha because that is a piece of a garbage human being right there absolute garbage in every conceivable way now which one is your favorite Mm. the one with the white hair well not necessarily kakashi like i kakashi like i like kakashi uh i've gone through phases like when i was when i was young before sasuke defected and he left the village sasuke was my favorite because dark brooding one was has always been like my my main but then he left the village and became really fucking weird also he went to go live with like a snake pedophile so like (laughs) and you will not meet anybody who has read or watched the series who describes orochimaru as anything else but a snake pedophile because that's what he is um he should meet ayame oh ayame is a godsend compared to orochimaru i know i know we we like ayame um 
But like Ayame has also never kidnapped children and no, forced them Shugure to. No, isn't close though. No, no, no. It gets better. It gets better. Orochimaru takes these children because they have the potential for abilities, and he raises them until the point he can take over their bodies and become them. Like, yeah, no, he wanted. Didn't Sasuke. see that coming. He wanted Sasuke, who was twelve, for his body. <laughs> Like, no. Ew. No. That's why I put him up there with Christian Grey. So, mm. yeah, no, that is... Um, now, my favorite from the Naruto world, like, it used to be Sasuke, and then, like, it kind of moved into Naruto for, like, a really long time. And I do like Naruto. Um, he doesn't really have, like, a lot of red flags or anything like that. He's just a genuinely nice person who also has tragic backstory, but he wanted to... Sp- spread niceness and like positivity because of the shit that happened to him so like sure. now kakashi as as a, a a more of a an adult person like i do like kakashi a lot he has a lot of red flags <laughs> he also has extensive non-resolved trauma issues as well so like definitely not relationship goals mm-hmm. on any stretch of the imagination like so, uh, Kakashi ends the series single, and that is exactly how he should be. <laughs> like, just there is no relationships for Kakashi, and that is exactly how it should be. No relationships for him because he has the you know like the trademark trauma, but he was smart enough to know this would not go well into a relationship. So we don't. <laughs> I my my other favorite characters are not any better because Madara is one of my favorites, and he tries to destroy the planet <laughs> and then take over everyone's mind with mind powers and put them in a reality of his own making so i don't have great taste in fictional men <laughs> is, my, is my statement i mean we are, we are aware i have terrible taste in fictional men because my fictional men are always on the list of top red flags. That's <laughs> it's that not is good. Very girl. fair. It's very it's not, fair. Especially like my my I feel like my novel choices are better than my anime choices. Like my <laughs> anime choices are trash. <laughs> like they trash, girl. Like no, they're not very good. But like I feel like my novel choices are a little are a little better. Like I can't say great. It? It's uh, oh, who am I thinking of? What am I thinking of? Shit. He's not that horrible, but the blonde guy from Food Wars. Oh, one of the brothers. Yes. Yeah. He's kind of a, he's a little bit of a dick. He's pretentious is what he is. Yes. Like he's, yeah, I, I don't remember his name because it's been a really long time since I watched Food Wars. But him. Mm-hmm. But yeah, no, uh, he, he he's pretentious, but on the scale of toxic, like, fictional men, for me, like, he's really low on my list of terrible... He's like, low. My list includes Sirius Black, Drake Home Alfoy, uh, Kakashi, uh, Jesus, um, trying to think of some other ones that I... Just every every series. Loki. I love Loki, but holy fuck. Because <laughs> uh, you... Sh- um, oh, I love Toshiro, but he has some... He's, Toshiro just doesn't... Oh, and from Bleach, just doesn't understand how to 
communicate very well. And then, of course, you go to My Hero Academia. Still haven't seen My Hero. <laughs> I mean, Bakugo Katsuki, I love him. But, and he has a lovely redemption to himself. But, okay. like, in the first volume, he is actively a child. He is the childhood bully of the main character. Okay. He is the childhood bully of the main character who at one point he does tell him to jump off the roof. And lovely. Yeah. And like that's not acceptable in any any means whatsoever. Um he does work on himself. It takes a while, but at the moment it doesn't matter because my hero academia has taken such a weird fucking series of left turns. They've ended up on another planet. So I don't okay. really know what to do with that. So I'm just kind of ignoring my Hero Academia canon and just strictly going with fan fiction. And on that note, Bakugo is my no offense, Bakugo, because I have a figurine of right him like right next to my desk. Yep. But directly above him, also on my desk, would be this character, and his name is Dobby, and I, a, my favorite character. You don't get more toxic than that. Who is, he is that? A, he is a villain, for one. And okay. his name is, if you're going to Google him, his name is spelled D-A-B-I. And I love okay. him. I absolutely adore him. But he's definitely murdered some people. Actively trying to kill some other people. And uh, is in a... I ship him with the other person in his statue set, which would be Hawks. And um, you want to talk about a toxic relationship. This would not be a healthy relationship at all. <laughs> like from the ground up, I ship him 110% with Hawks. But like, that would be a very bad relationship in reality. Mostly because okay. Hawks is a hero. He's like the number two or three hero in Japan. And Dabby is one of the number like top five most wanted people in Japan. <laughs> so like, you know. Most wanted. Great. All right. Yeah, not great. So, um, but I love him. He's terrible, but I love him. I mean, can't go. I mean, can't go wrong. Granite. Now, I will say, um, he is from an, a highly abusive family, and like, it's not really a surprise he turned out the way that he did. So, you know, because I will say this. My Hero Academia doesn't shy away from shit like that. Like, one of the um, pro heroes is also depicted as, uh, like, an abuser of his own family. And, uh, which, like, kudos to the, the author of, like, being real about it. But then again, I also felt bad. And I'm not entirely sure how true this is, but I did read at some point that the way they he portrays Endeavor as an abuser is he modeled Endeavor after his after the author's own life experiences. And it's just like of with an and I'm with an abuser and I'm just like, okay, you can't redeem that. And people like try to give Endeavor like a redemption arc. I'm like, no no no. He took his five year old son and made him use his powers which actively hurt him until he pukes and passes out on a daily basis. Okay. It's just like you can't redeem that. Like, and you then you isolated him, kept him away from his mother and the rest of his family in, like, isolation and wouldn't let him interact with anybody else to the point that he doesn't understand basic social cues because he's never been around other people. 
all for the pursuit of defeating uh, Endeavor's other hero rival and making a hero better than his hero rival because Endeavor himself couldn't beat him. Like, what? Also, I, I... he purchased his wife. Oh. Yes. Okay. He purchased his wife because her quirk was the exact... Uh, he has a fire quirk and she had an ice quirk. So he paid her family, who was in, like, debt, a bunch of money for the rights to arrange a marriage with her. And then because he, he was trying to create the ultimate hero uh, that had, like, uh, heat and ice. And uh, so he purchased her. And considering the fact that they had multiple children tells you all you need to know. That's wrong on so many levels. Yes, Endeavor is a lot of things. But he is a really fucking toxic red flag of a person. So. Okay. Okay. We need to end this episode on a better note than Endeavor. <laughs> okay. Because fuck. Fuck Endeavor. Okay. I know so many people who are like, oh, but he's like this or he's that. And it's just like, um, no. 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 <laughs> what he no. is is garbage. 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 Okay. I will give you two characters. Okay. And you have to tell me. It'll be two characters with red flags, and you have to tell me you have to date one of them. Oh, Which no. one would you choose? Okay. 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 I'm going to regret okay. this. You are. Um, let's see. Lucius Malfoy or Arrow from Twilight. Malfoy. Okay, why? Because no part of me ever wants to go near Arrow and hear him go, Bella. <laughs> Fair enough. That's valid. No. Sure. sure. That's that's valid. That's genuinely valid. Okay. Okay. Um. Okay. Two more characters. Let's see. Human version of Tom Riddle. What and age are we talking? Which version? After he graduates. Uh, before he kills Harry, so he's still alive, and he's like okay, in his twenties. So we haven't actually seen him. So, um, he's supposed to be very charismatic and good looking. So I know, I know, but we've already established that um, Chamber of Secrets version of Tom Riddle is much more charming than Half Blood Prince looking. version. True. We'll make the assumption that the Chamber of Secrets version is the one that grows up into the version that we're discussing. So okay, it's the, the I'll more take it. The more appealing version versus, like, you, you have to pick one. Um, I'm gonna go with. Oh, who do I want to match Tom Riddle with? I'm going to say. Ooh, ooh. I don't like that. Ooh. Ooh. Tom Riddle or the Joker? Tom Riddle. There. No question. I really don't. Tom Riddle's need... much more sane than the Joker is. So, like, yeah, and that's saying something. Mm-hmm. Not really saying something. Got anything to add? Uh, hmm. He's not necessarily a red flag. Oh, well, no, he's not. But Hagrid. Okay. Or uh, uh, wow. No, no. Scratch that. Not even Hagrid. Ross. Or Ted Mosby. Oh, Ross. <laughs> really? Give me a museum job. <laughs> okay, I'll give you that. I'll give you like, that. Okay. 
like he, all he wants to do in the series a lot of times is just talk about like dinosaurs, dinosaurs. and his museum shit and i like i'd totally be down for talking about the dinosaurs and the museum shit and be like yeah <laughs> okay okay i accept this all right got any more um shang from mulan mm. okay or it's hard to find the second one. <laughs> like, it's hard not to find the first one. It's hard to find the second Basil one. Basil from The Great Mouse Detective. Mm, I'm going to go with Shang. I really like Shang. Even if he throws you into the snow in the middle of a war zone because you're a girl? I mean, to be fair, uh, that's making the assumption that at some point in the future, I wouldn't just assassinate him for trying to leave me for dead. But he does redeem himself. Okay. So, all right. Um. Okay. 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 How about? Um. <laughs> I was just thinking about the last time we did Disney. Like you had to pick somebody, and I did the broom. With the <laughs> okay. Okay. Um. I'm gonna go with the the ninth Doctor from Doctor Who. And Prince Charming from Cinderella. The Ninth Doctor. I will take Eccleston happily over <laughs> fucking Prince Charming. All right. So of the red flags and the weird shit and everything we've talked about, is there any you find absolutely your number one biggest red flag and or the one that you, depending on circumstances, you could find acceptable? Hmm. Speaking strictly from experience for reality's sake, mm -hmm. tragic backstory is a big fucking no. Okay. Uh, that I would accept mm -hmm. for a red flag. Um, Isn't a deal breaker red flag? Yeah, it, that? That okay, better. okay. Um, I don't know. <laughs> Fair you know enough. What? I, will, I will give the the alpha hole trope red flag a shot okay because if it comes across the way it does in books mm -hmm. then i'm all for because yes be protective yeah but not domineering yeah be let me be my own person with my own hobbies and my friends and whatever but be protective like if someone yeah. if we're out somewhere and someone says something rude to me or spills mm -hmm. a drink on me yes i want you to take him out back and deck him in the face I want to see some blood, maybe lose some teeth. Like it's fine. <laughs> like <laughs> I I will agree with you in this point because like there's a difference between like the alpha in the way that like Edward Cullen tries to be in like controlling Edward Cullen is not a fucking alpha. Like he he thinks he is though. And like a lot of people who think they're the alpha behave the way he does, but they don't understand that an alpha is supposed to be protective first like his first and main job is to protect like that's no. the de that's the base definition to protect the pack or whatever now jacob is an alpha jacob is an jacob also has his own series of red flags to be honest with you he but, does like, but he has but, like, proved himself as a decent alpha. a far a far better version yeah so like in fiction 100 percent willing to accept like alpha assuming like it's the real definition of alpha and not like the twisted, like, Christian Grey, Edward Cullen, like, alpha version bullshit. 
Because uh, I think you, I'm, I still can't get over the fact that how can you take someone as bad as Edward and make him worse? That's a fucking miracle, is what that was. Because only divine intervention can take the trash at the bottom of the pile and create a basement in which to find worse trash. It's just like wow. Now, I'm I I would be willing to like accept the alpha thing as long as they like actually were demonstrating like. Real true alpha qualities. Alphas. Yeah, true alpha qualities and not like the, the bullshit. But like, I would say the acceptable one would be the arranged marriage because it is acceptable in certain like cultures and certain circles and the way certain people do it. I find it acceptable as long as both parties, as long as both parties are able to agree or like can get out of it if they really want okay. to. Like, I, I will accept that. Like, force for like political purposes or whatever that's bullshit but like even forced for cultural purposes if it's forced it's an yeah, absolute no yeah. but like in the way of like voluntarily like getting a matchmaker or getting your yeah. parents to set you up with somebody for like an arranged marriage purposes or if your parents present you with somebody and you're okay with accepting that like that that's i have no issues with that that's fine um, in all honesty, it'd be the only way I'd get married anymore. If, like, something I mean, like that. I'm not. I am not below saying. I'm sorry, or above whatever the fuck. I am. I totally have my mom's best friend constantly asking around her circle of friends if she knows anyone that will be a match for me. Yeah, I find it hilarious, and I'm also just like, also, please don't. <laughs> just like, but like at, at at the same time, like if you, if you find that billionaire, you you let me know. <laughs> <laughs> so like because my, my only issue with them asking around is i am legit terrified of my life turning into that scene from my big fat greek wedding that's fair where that's those fair. ugly ass dudes come one by one i'm like no yeah that's that's fair. i don't care how much money they have no yeah that's that's valid and like because of the fact that these people who are asking on your behalf don't know your type and what would be a yes or a no for you. Not really, you know? So like, cause you're the only one who can really determine that after you meet somebody and who the hell wants uh, to do that. So like, I would, I find the concept of arranged marriages in certain ways acceptable in other ways, not so much. Um, the biggest red flag one to me, oof, I'd probably say in reality would be like, hmm, some of these are so weird. I would probably say the biggest red flag one to me would be pro- maybe enemies to lovers. Because in reality, that's a terrible idea. Like, no, your former fly. bully in you. Like, let's even like go subcategory of enemies to lovers and go with, like, former bully and you. Like, no. Absolutely not. That is a hard path. Like... The Draco Malfoys of the world do not need a chance with the Hermione's. Like, I mean, they just, I'm they thinking don't. he's not necessarily a bully from my past because all of my bullies were girls. Well, most of them were girls. But the one kid that to this day I cannot stand is the kid that I stabbed in the eye in kindergarten. <laughs> Never in a million years would I give him a shot. Yeah, no. I don't care if all of his friends say, oh, but he's different now. I don't care. Well, I don't care. He could be a completely different person. He could be changed from the foundation up. No. Because the past doesn't erase itself. No, I still have that, you know, not necessarily trauma, but I still have that impression. And, like, I still have those feelings. So, like, if I see him, 
or if he if he ever comes up to me and tries to be nice to me, which is never gonna happen. Um, I'm no. just gonna be like, what the fuck do you want? Yeah, it's just like no, this does not get better. This is not ha- like leave me alone in every fucking capacity to be humanly possible, especially like from such a long time period ago. Like I don't like just on a personal level, I don't need anybody that I went to high school with in my life. So, like, nobody who knew me at that phase in my life needs to know me now. So, like, no, no. Like, no, no, no. Any any people that I, like, knew, any guys that I knew and stuff like that, like, if they tried to be like, hey, what's up? I'd be like, uh, block. <laughs> like, hey, no. no. No, that's a hard path. Thanks. I'm Facebook friends with some people from, like, my high school. I'm Facebook like friends with a lot of people from high school, but that's... But there's Mostly. a reason I don't use Facebook. <laughs> so like, I was well, very much on Facebook for a while, and uh, now that I've mostly switched to Instagram, I'm I'm barely on Facebook. Yeah, Instagram at least once or twice a week uh, tries to get me to connect my Facebook and my Instagram, and I'm like, no, no, I do not need the Facebook people migrating to my Instagram. No, thank you. That's because so, I leave my profile public because of like people from the podcast will follow me and shit right like right yeah my instagram and my facebook aren't connected at all despite the anger in which that incites from instagram <laughs> but uh i don't want the crossover there zuckerberg um, can suck it yeah like i understand that instagram is now owned by meta but like i don't want my the facebook people to come over into my my instagram world that's, very that's different completely valid very different also any jobs in the world that like come look for me uh they can find my facebook and that's fine but i don't want them to be able to follow the trail into my instagram so yeah so like because they don't need to do that nobody needs to do that nobody needs to come see my personal instagram account thanks so nobody needs to look at that my facebook would be kind of hard to find though that's not public so yeah but uh all right on that note, <laughs> there's a lot of red flags out there. Just live your life. You come across a red flag, then just accept the fact that it's over and you can't live with it and you can't deal with it. Make and good choices. Don't assume Make- people are going to change. They won't. They showed you who they were the first time. You cannot it. fix him. You should not fix him, them, whatever. Just don't waste your you time. You do not want potential. You want Ready made. Ready also, set go. Also, just as a, as a general life relationship tip, if you get into a relationship because you think you can change him, because you think you can fix him or her or they, if you think you can fix that person, change them or better them or whatever, you are doing both yourself and that person a disservice. One, and everyone you know. Because you will be wasting your time on someone who's not going to change. And two, you are telling this person that they are not good enough for you as they are and you don't like them as they are. So both of you are wasting your time and your energy and you're both going to be unhappy in the end of it. And that's mm-hmm. just all there is to it. Don't try to change somebody. Take them for who they are. You don't like what you see when you first meet them. That's You need that's to find it. somebody else. That's it. Find somebody else. That's all there is to it. Don't. And also have standards. And yeah. actually actively, like, make people live up to them. And they don't. Move on with your life. You'll find someone else. Make good choices. Make sound choices. Do your research. 
And until then, just live your life. Have fun. You don't need relationships to, like, you don't need romantic relationships to have a good life. Just go do things. Go do what you want. Live how you want. Be what you want. Eventually, like, somebody's going to find you. The right person will come along. They'll find you. And guess what? If you find that person while you're doing things that you enjoy, you're more likely to have something in common with them. You're more likely to have something in common with them, guys. So just have fun. Be happy. Don't do stupid shit. Don't date the Edward Collins of the world. For the love of God, if you ever meet a Christian Grey, run. Run. Maybe call the police. Definitely call call the police. police. Um, Change your name. Change your social security number. Change countries. Get out. Yeah. Just just don't do that. Don't do that to yourself. That is the terrible combination of like a mafia drama with Twilight. So don't do that to yourselves. Um, yeah. So make uh, make informed, intelligent choices. There you go. Or just don't make a choice. And uh, that, <laughs> there you go. So like if you can't make an informed, intelligent choice, don't make any choices. So Agree to nothing. Yes. Agree to nothing. Do nothing. Don't date. Live your life. Become a witch in the woods somewhere. It's it's my it's my twilight years goal is to be a witch in the forest with the cottage. There you go. That's a good plan. Why wait? Let's go do that now. Fuck it. Uh, <laughs> go be in the witch in the woods. We'll go to Forks and not come back. Forks? <laughs> just go be a witch in the woods. Forks don't need vampires. It's got witches now. Just everyone that wants to go to visit Forks for the twilight stuff will be like, uh, no, this place is haunted now. <laughs> it's like we have a coven of witches who live here now. Yeah, uh, sorry, Forks. Your 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 Twilight um, income is now shot, and your uh, witch coven era has begun. So <laughs> it's the Salem go. of the West. God, they'd call it the Salem of the West. <laughs> oh no. Okay. Uh, anyway, thank you guys for listening. I hope this episode was both entertaining and possibly informative. And uh, yeah. Thanks for sticking around, guys. See you next week. Bye. Bye. Tune in next week for more fuckery because we have some serious questions and concerns. Bella. Bella. Bella.